Hillard. Yep. <laughs> I started. What you're talking about his news video? Yeah. I saw the first 15 seconds of it. Almost started crying. I stopped it. <laughs> Is he crying in the beginning? His eyes are. He's emotional. I haven't watched enough of it yet to know. <clears throat> That's why I was asking if you saw it. It's 40 minutes long. Bam, we're live. Yeah, bam. Yeah, bam. Paper cups are back. Why is that? What happened? They got lost in the move, and then I found them again. Oh, you're a paper cup guy in general? Well, it's just easier when I make an espresso, because half the time I dump it into my coffee. That probably sounds bad, huh? No, why would no? Not the, the, little red the, eye. Coffee, the coffee shop out here? Only if you're There's, worried about us thinking you're a meth addict. <laughs> There's a coffee shop out here. It's called, and they make a called the mother of all coffees, the Moac. And it's like <laughs> two, yeah, it's stupid. Two cups of coffee and like, it's like, it's like a cup of coffee, a cup of cold brew, and four shots of espresso. Holy crap. Yeah. I can't yeah, do the maintainers. <laughs> is it a uh, who who runs that? Is that an American run coffee shop? Uh-uh. Oh, that's why Local. they think it's cool to c- call it that. But well, I think they're they're trying to appeal to the people who would buy it the most, and it's the maintainers. And they're like, then they have a the, one of the bombs is like the mother of all bombs or something like that. Moab. <laughs> and so they're like, it's like yeah, this is cool American shit. <laughs> <laughs> just a ridiculous amount of coffee. It's absurd. Why would, you, why would you mix a cold brew with a regular brew? It, it, I don't get that. To keep, because it's going to be like scalding hot, so you have to like taper it down so it's not as hot when you drink it. No so idea. you cool it down with more coffee. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I get it. <laughs> I, I sent you the notes today in two sections. Yeah, I was confused. A little, got a little nervous. The second half is just because Susan only gets like half the notes at a time. And then when you sent them like that, the first one has all of the notes. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's always that. That's why when I saw it, I was like, I was going to tell you, I was like, that's always how it works, right? Of course. Um, oh, it's weird. Shit, my notes aren't even in there. Uh-oh. There's this guy who hate, uh, who who watches, who hates the fact that I use... I <laughs> he'll be an email. I'm in big trouble. Not Google Doc. Google Doc. I'm sure it's on my phone. Uh, that guy we had on, uh, Travis Bajan's son. We've had his dad on, uh, Travis Bajan. We've also had Tyson Bajan on. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but Tyson, for those of you who watch football, I mean, I don't watch football, but uh, Tyson Bajan just broke the all-time touchdown passes in all divisions as a quarterback 158 it's pretty nuts hi jeffrey good morning <clears throat> yeah and you can tell it's getting big because i just typed into the google search bar tyson ba and all of its tyson badge and tyson badge espn tyson badge stats and his twitter oh yeah wow you found that quick uh Bajan, the 2021 harlan uh, trophy winner as the top two division player and finalist for the 2022 honor he'll win it again that the harlan hill trophy is uh, division two footballs uh, equivalent to the Heisman. Could I you imagine all- a division one athlete winning the Heisman two years in a row? I know you don't watch football, but that's an incredible feat. Yeah, I, I would. It, it's interesting because this kid may have done it. Um, 
because it's based off votes too. Right. Like it's not like like you could have a really great season, but you're not going to get the Harlan Hill or the Eisman. Right. And you're definitely more than likely not going to get it twice. Um, in, in, in his in his game like two two games ago when he broke his conference's all time uh, touchdown passing record, the head coach from the other team was the guy who had set the record like twenty years earlier. And wow. that guy, and and I, maybe I'm conflating stories, but I think that guy then ended up coming out onto the field. They stopped the game. He shook Tyson's hand, and then later that guy was being interviewed. He said his 27 years as a head coach or whatever, uh, he had never seen a quarterback like this. There is no, there is no other Tyson Bajan. I hope he get dra- gets drafted. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I think he's star. gonna. I think he's gonna get drafted in the first round from some of the weird shit. Like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say. Not what. But maybe I've already said some of it on the show, but the, the the people that are coming to his house to court him, it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. Is that West Virginia? Yeah. You but, know, you know that maybe the all to say that again. You know they mean it if they're coming out there to see him play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will tell you this one of the best quarterbacks ever who all everyone knows, who's old as dirt now, came to his house for dinner to talk to him. And then who I would say is the greatest running back who ever lived, who, who probably a lot of people don't know, uh, also called, uh, called him. And th- they're really trying to get him to. Is, did they ask him to do the combine? All that. He, he was invited to the senior bowl. That's like. Um, oh, that's like, a big deal. Yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think everyone knows. He's, it's, dude, imagine the all time touchdown passing record in college football i don't know who reggie bush is but it's not reggie bush it, it, and i and i shall not say <laughs> shall not Corey had a good guess oh mike this is close helping this you're close you're close it, it, uh here we go uh well that that, <laughs> that what and that's why no one knows about who the all-time greatest running back of all time is because he, he played with the lions <laughs> what a fucked up situation yeah what what a what a special human being that guy was right holy crap sanders yeah it's so it was so weird watching him play because you you would always be excited i, I don't know who the football players are now another great guest mr butter but there were these there were tons of great football players like, you know, back in my day, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, um, you know, Jim Plunkett. There were pl- players that were exciting and you like to see shit. But then there was this one guy and every time he got the ball, you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and yeah, and it's that guy because that it was just nuts. And even though his team was just ass. What a weird place. How's the weather down there? Is it cold? It's perfect now. It was, it, it's cold in the morning. Well, it's not cold. It's overcast, so it's kind of warm still. It's like probably mm-hmm. 70 degrees. But then at 3 o'clock, you know, get the way that sun hits the coast of California, it gets, starts warming up. Probably like 78 yesterday around 3. That's awesome. It's cold and rainy here. Oh, yeah. Man, Earl Campbell was something else too. You're right, Casey. I forgot about that. That was freakish. He was freakish too. Yeah, I assume you're talking about um, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, Bo was something. Uh, there was a, I, I think it, I remember because I used to watch the Raiders religiously. I think that they had three Heisman Trophy winners in their backfield at one point. 
I think they had like Bo Jackson, Jim Plunkett, and was it like James Jett or some shit? It was nuts. <clears throat> I don't think it was OJ. OJ the Juice. OJ was, I think, even before my time. Yeah, Walter was cool. Uh, yesterday, I, I brought up this quote. Um, who would you be with? Uh, we were talking about tools to uh, to watch your thoughts. And I talked about this tool. Uh, it, it, it comes from a lady. Someone sent it to me in my DMs or someone said it in the YouTube comments. It comes from a lady named Byron Katie. I had forgotten her name. And she has this thing called the four steps. And you know what's funny is I, w- I was introduced to Byron Katie, not her personally, but her her stuff. And as I started researching her, I realized that she's married to Stephen Mitchell, who is the author of that of my favorite book of all time, The Tao Te Ching, that that pocket edition. Isn't that trippy? Really? That is. So trippy. Byron Katie is trippy. If you see her video, she's trippy as fuck. They're trippy. I think they live in lived in Berkeley too. I remember trying to find their house. I always wanted to like walk by their house. <laughs> Just walk by. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked everywhere. Hope they're kind of in the front yard so you could strike a conversation or at least get a look. When uh, I I went to school for six months at um, over at the University of London, and when I was there, I can't remember where Stephen Hawking was teaching, but he lived on campus. This is probably in 1992. And I, and, and I went to his house and, and, and knocked on the door because I wanted to meet him, but he wasn't home. But he had glass doors in the front so I could look like look in his house. And I did. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I think that's maybe like the only famous person I ever stalked. Uh, I did watch the fight last night uh, with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Kevin Holland. It, it, was, uh, it was something else. Did, did, did Patty Pimblett fight last night? I thought he was gonna fight. I, maybe I had my schedule all wrong. Tied to Ivasa fought. Yeah, that Russian crushed him, huh? Yeah, he got smoked. That that was uh, that was weird. Good morning, Shiz, 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 Shiz of Shiv Graphics, quickly becoming the. Oh, that's him. I saw some of his graphics. He's got some the Brian, the Brian friend of commentating. Uh, he's the, the Shiz is the. It's becoming the underground graphics god so i wanted to share with you uh for for those of you who are interested i wanted to share with you uh, a couple things i wanted to explain to you there was a post in there that i i made this um youtube clip where i talked about how uh breasts and masks I, I was sh- trying to show the, the the power of masks that basically even someone like me who knows they are a complete joke when I see them I cannot resist the penetrate the penetration of what they tell me and it's the same way with uh, with boobs you could I was using the illustration that you could just take a lady and just put right in front of you in front of a hundred guys I would argue that you could just put water balloons under her shirt or socks. And if you had like these little monitors on all hundred dudes, penises, you would see some sort of change in them. Oh, Patty fights next week. Some activity. <laughs> yeah. So you'd see some activity. 
You're not sold on that, are you, Caleb? Uh-uh. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm sold on that. I am not hungover. I'm just so chill this morning. I am definitely not hungover. It's the morning Newport voice. Yeah, and and, and every I'm 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 sick or something. I think. Go ahead, Caleb. Boobs. I'm I'm, I'm just floor. I'm just not sold on the fact that you like all of them. Okay, ninety nine. There's a there's no, a yeah. uh, okay, but even the this four hundred pound woman that we showed on her Instagram clip. Okay, okay, she's a hot girl. I'm willing to I'm willing to bend with you. It's a I can't appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. The Here personality. We go. Here we go. It's a okay. five foot two Puerto Rican girl with super long black thick hair and skin that's <laughs> as soft as marble. And yes, she's of course. Twenty six years old that. and she's as flat as a cutting board. And then right in front of us, uh, uh she puts the water balloons in. Then yeah, I would immediately just just instinctively I would say, Oh wow. Yeah. But if it was somebody that I like I could see in my periphery for like forty five degrees because of how wide they are. Yeah. That's fine. Then I'm I go to bed with you. I'm willing to bend with you. I'm willing to bend. Okay. I, I'm willing to bend with you. I'm just talking a hundred dudes sitting in chairs. Girl walks up to the front of the room and you slip water balloons under her shirt. And I and, and, and she's the perfect girl. And sure. um yeah, I yeah, I, I boobs are boobs to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can't even if even if the girl has giant boobs, if she's wearing a sweatshirt, you might and you might they might be hidden. <laughs> I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Some guys love. I mean, all guys love. I think all guys actually love flat boobs too. Um, whether they say it or not, they don't. We don't. We don't. We don't care. <laughs> I just loved Caleb's answer. I can't I would, appreciate that. I want to just, uh, I want to recalibrate Caleb. I want to take him to a land of just obese women and watch him just slowly recalibrate. Dude, I, I would probably go nuts in the first like two hours. I want to take you to Disneyland. To and, to I want to, I'm going to leave you in Walmart for a month. Well, I recalibrate so quickly. Uh, anyway, so I apologize for projecting my calibration. Um, I don't know if it's skills or weaknesses. Anyway, there is uh, what I'm about to tell you is not true. Uh, oh, so in that post that I made, someone wrote in there uh, psychoanalysis from a non psychologist. And it made me think about a way to explain to you uh, where, where psychology has lost its way. And what I'm going to say to you is 100% not true. This is just a tool to look at things so that you, if you, if you're interested, you could start the journey inward. And it was developed by a Russian philosopher named P.D. Auspensky at the uh, turn of the century. Sorry, Russian, or a Russian mathematician. And he hung out with a lot of really uh, fantastic people at the turn of the century. I think it was like, you know, when I say turn of the century, I mean 1900. He wrote a lot of books. He wrote a book called The Fourth Way. And I think he wrote another book called like The Possible Evolution of Psychology. I'm saying it wrong. But the paradigm that he created or that he that's talked about in this book is that there 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 are four kinds of things that we react to that come from us and they come at four different speeds. 
So you have to imagine a well, right? And you're looking down the well and something comes up from that well and it comes up really slow. And those are thoughts. And those thoughts are the easiest thing to watch because they move so slow. So I'll give you an example. If I told you that you were going to fast starting Monday morning for 48 hours, many of you would start having thoughts, especially uh, as it got closer to the evening tonight, you'd start panicking a little bit. You'd start having these thoughts about, oh shit, maybe it's, it's, it's 1159. Maybe I should eat some shit because I'm not going to get to eat for the next 48 hours. There's this anxiety that comes with in the form of thoughts uh, the psychology of of man's possible evolution. Yeah, great book. God, such a great book. That book that was one of the first books that ever changed my life. I just found it on one of my friend's bedroom floors when I was over there. I'm like, hey, can I have this book? He said, sure. <laughs> and so those are thoughts, and you can watch those thoughts m- much easier than you can watch anything else. They come very slow. A lot of people still don't watch them; they just react to them. But those are very easy to watch and to let pass. So as that thing comes up the well, instead of grabbing it, you just let it go by. You just let it, you don't feed it. You don't say anything to it. You don't, you, you just let it go by. And, and th- these are thoughts and they move, they move pretty slow. Then the second fastest thing that comes out of the well is, is this animal called emotions. And they come very quickly and people will start to think those are very hard not to just reach out and grab and start living, to start embodying. Those are emotions, right? Rock hits your windshield. You're like, fuck. <laughs> and, and, and you actually have a physical manifestation of it. Uh, someone says uh, a racial slur. That's what being triggered is. It's because you don't have something happens to you and you have an emotional response. And instead of letting it pass, you embody it. You let it, you let it live. It's like, it's like you're possessed and, and, you, and you let it live through you. Like I said, none of this is true what I'm saying. This is just a paradigm for thinking, for understanding. <clears throat> and, and these things come in different levels, right? The, the, the different intensities. Some thoughts are, are, are some thoughts are, 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 will be scary. Some will be funny. Some will, but and some emotions will feel good, and some will be. They come in a whole variety of colors and intensities. Then the third, then the third fastest thing that comes um, out of the well is uh, these are these are physical responses. That's why like quitting nicotine is so hard because there's a physical addiction to it. It's why I can't explain to you how to ride a bicycle because what's happening that your body is responding to being on that bike or a balance board or on a super windy day or walking on a slack line here at this point, your thoughts and your emotions need to really get out of the way and you have to be able to, something has to learn in you that most people are even, even remotely conscious that exists. And you can think of that as sort of the body mind. Swimming, walking, you see it in babies, like learning how to walk. This is a, this is a tremendous feat we've accomplished to get up on these feet. You really don't understand the miracle of walking until you see a baby try to learn how to walk. You're like, wow, this is crazy. <clears throat> 
and then and then and then the fourth fat fourth fastest thing are these things that we call auto that that's moves at extremely quick speeds are things that we take for granted as automatic this is like digesting food breathing your heartbeat and and these are you are at church you are at church let me feel like you're at church you are at church watch that thought watch that thought uh, okay it is sunday <laughs> and when people say things um like uh this is a psycho this is a, a psychoanalysis from a non-psychologist what psychologists do is they don't watch those things they're not interested in going deeper they've been tricked and what they are doing is as these things come up from the well they're labeling them they're labeling labeling them there's this uh Dawa saying i'm pointing at the moon and you're staring at my finger these are people who've been hypnotized by the phenomenon instead of watching the phenomenon they're reactors and that's why this guy that's why there's this uh, sort of this appeal to authority but they're not doing anything they're just labeling shit and what i'm talking about isn't has nothing to do with labeling shit it's talking about uh, if, if you want to see a classic example of someone who's just asleep and just reacting to shit, to their thoughts and their emotions, watch the most recent. There's a 15-minute clip on YouTube of Joe Rogan talking to Derek from Plates and Dates, and they oh, they're, that one. and they're watching the um, they're watching the Liver King apology, and you can just see Joe just straight asleep on autopilot. And what he's doing is things are coming out of the well, and he's grabbing those things and he's labeling those things. And so that's, uh, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, I'm, 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 I know I had to be in a certain place to share this. This isn't comfortable for me to share. I had lots of thoughts that were like, don't even try to explain this, Savon. <laughs> I just let them go. And so <clears throat> that's, that's the that 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 is a tool you can use that is a paradigm you can use to start looking at yourself and to start seeing and organizing how you have become a robot or just or so reactionary that's why stillness is so important because what it does is it it doesn't let you get tricked by these things like psychology or like labeling things you can just let things go and as you let things go better things almost always arrive deeper, better, more powerful uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions, automatic responses. I think the movement one is extremely powerful. And, and all of these things can be tested. You don't have to take my word. You don't, you don't have to. Uh, good morning, Corey. You don't have to take my word. Morning. On any of these things, you can test them with very simple tests. And, and the test I most often talk about is just lie down and don't react to anything. And watch thoughts pop up like, oh, shit, is the stove on? Or, oh, my God, I have an itch on my neck. And, 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 and don't, don't react to any of them. Just have your hands by your side and, and just watch these things. And watch all the noise and chatter jump up at you to try to get you to react. And, and that's that's basically the, the, a fantastic paradigm you can use to uh, to start examining yourself. It, it's extremely potent. It's as potent as the GHD. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, Corey. One second, Susan. Go ahead. 
No, I, I was only saying, have you ever seen this, uh, heard that uh, Headspace before? The, the app? Yeah. You know what no, I'm but about? I've heard, I've heard, I have, I've seen it. I've heard amazing things about it. I have not used it. I've downloaded it like on every phone. Is it good? It's almost ex- like exactly what you were describing is okay. the app. Like okay. if you plug that in and you listen to it, it'll be like, yeah. hi, welcome. And then it, it literally says like thoughts come and go. There's no need to react to the thoughts. Just observe the thoughts. And when you feel your mind wander, just bring it back to your breath and then realize you've attached to a thought and then center yourself and go back to watching them as like cars driving by on the freeway. It's funny. Just, it, it almost sounded like you were in the same like voice and tone tonality and like the, yeah, everything. Uh-huh. Of it. So that's why it was good. Waking up is the same kind of thing. Yeah. It was very weird. It's a good app. Well, Both of them are. Oh, well, and, and even so as you start cultivating this, it, it's, uh, um, uh, Caleb says waking up, you can actually, you can actually start realizing ways you can just trick your brain. So, or not trick your brain, but own your brain. So you'll, you'll start becoming powerful enough. I can just tell myself, I don't know if powerful enough for a word, but I tell myself before I go to bed at night, Hey, when you wake up, don't move. And, and my body will listen to me and I'll wake up in the morning and I won't even move. My eyes won't even open anything. It like got the note and I'll just be there and I'll be like, holy shit, Sevon, here you are. Uh, this book and, if you, is- and if I don't do that, I just sit up and start my day. Go ahead. This, this is the same. This book <laughs> is the same as what you were talking about as well too. Emotional agility. Emotional agility. Yes. And um, I, I want to show you this. Uh, Along that line, I'll tell you a uh, – someone just sent me – darn it. Did I not save that? Do we still have Corey on the line? Oh, Corey, hi. I'm just hanging out. I'm so enlightened. I have nothing but time. Good. None of this bothers me. Okay, good. I'm just letting it – Yeah, just let all that nonsense I just said pass right over you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, how well, while, while it's quiet, I, um, good, interesting question. I hope everybody's day started a little bit better than mine. I'm still great. I had a dog pass away this morning, so oh. that was how I spent, uh, had to bury a dog oh. in the backyard. Oh, what kind of dog? It was one of our hound dogs. Oh, uh, um, is, was he a working yeah, was like, dog? Was he a working dog? No, it was a dog um, that we couldn't really acclimate to the rest of the the dogs because it likes to fight a lot. Yeah. Um, but my wife went to go feed the dogs and I'm cooking breakfast for my daughter and she comes in and almost tears and is like, so one of the dogs is dead. And um, so I had to Did explain a to fight? a four-year-old. Did he die in a fight? No, it oh, just oh. Di- died in his sleep. Um, and so I had to explain to my four-year-old this morning as we're burying our dog, death and all. So... Other than that, I'm still alive. I'm still here, still healthy. So today's still a great day. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Anything else? Well, I, I, yeah, I got a question for you. So obviously, well, I called. Um, <laughs> so I think, I, I want your thought. I want to see why you think people allow thoughts and emotions to flow over them easier than others. I, I truly believe. Um, at the end of the semester, so a couple of days ago, one of my students asked me how I've become so enlightened. And, and I, I kind of had to giggle a little bit because I don't really even think that I am. I just think that through all of my adversity, I just have an ability to 
see the bigger picture, um, not take things for granted, you know, understand it's not a huge deal when somebody cuts you off. But I, I don't think that a majority of the population sees stuff that way. So I'm curious to see, um, you know, what, what's your take on that? What do you think allows people or what are some of the things allow, allowing these people to see some of that enlightenment and uh, let things pass them over quicker than others? At, at the bottom of that well is something that we call death. And one of the phenomenon of hitting rock bottom is one of the fantastic things about it that, that pe most people who make the journey don't, at least I didn't realize it was happening when I was hitting rock bottom is you, you, there is a surrender that comes with it <clears throat> that makes it. So you automatically, you become steadfast and fuck my thoughts, fuck my emotions, fuck everything. And you surrender. And so you pass by all the thoughts, you pass by all the emotions. There's nothing, there's nothing, in you anymore even worth living for so you you go into this almost like automatic preservation deep meditation state you don't care about moving you don't care about any of those auto those responses you don't care about going to the bathroom nothing and then if you're lucky and you hit rock bottom <clears throat> you have an encounter with this thing that we call death I, I wish there was a better name for it i guess some people call it god and most people at that point will turn away because it, I don't know if that's not true. I don't know what most people do when they, when they encounter that, but it's so fucking scary. <clears throat> and from there you um, have, then you get a glimmer at, of at eternity and you, because, because you've abandoned yourself, you let yourself die and you think you're going to die because all of your tools of understanding what happens about death is that the dog gets buried in the backyard, but because you're 35 years old and just laying on a sidewalk somewhere, you don't die. And that's what's called when I think you're reborn. And when you're reborn, all of that other shit you realize are just tools. That whole character that died, he actually doesn't die, but he's no longer a real person. You, you're no longer willing to defend any of those things intellectually, emotionally, or physically, because they're just, you, you saw the fallacy in them because you went to the bottom of the well. I, I, I'm missing a piece to really let people grasp this idea. And so adversity takes you down that well. Well, because, I, you've so, said it, you've said it before. I, it's like who we identify or attach ourselves to. So if we're just a vessel, if we're just a person and death, is knocking on our door or the perceived death is knocking on our door and that's getting ready to be swept from underneath us. We either, it either crumbles us or like you said, you run away from it yeah. and fight from that adversity. Or I think where a lot of people don't get to discover this is failure, you know, right. with, with, with that significant failure that you've identified yourself as when that swept up from underneath you, you either come back fighting and become stronger or it's exactly who everybody thought you were. And then you're just going to fail and never be thought of again. And it's exactly true. I mean, I've, I've failed so many times. I think once you learn from that failure, it becomes a part of your identity, a part of your narrative. And then scary things don't become as scary as they once were. It's like, it's like going to uh, an amusement park and hopping on that first roller coaster. The first one, 
it's scary, but after you do it five or six times, you know, you build a little bit of courage up inside of you. Almost nothing seems impossible, but without adversity or that facing of death, um, you've, you've identified and attached yourself to something probably not real. Another another way I like to think about it, another paradigm is think of each one of those 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 minds I talked about in the paradigm: your thought, your emotion, your um, uh, your your body, brain, and then the automatic shit. They're all just circles. And when the outside world sends you something, let, let's say your dog died today and it starts going through those circles one at a time. And if something in your intellectual one, if it hits something in there, it'll trigger it and want to get it to react. And then it, if it passes through that one or it could pass through all of them at the same time. But as it passes through those, whatever character traits you hold on to, it hits those. That's basically what being triggered is. Someone in their mind isn't willing to let go of the fact that like um, if someone called me a dumb Armenian, like inside of one of those circles, if I think of myself as, as Armenian and I'm attached to that as a reality, <clears throat> I'm trying to make that illusion reality. It hits that and then I trigger it and I react. And so, and so, and so you're right. Something will, can hit something enough times and eventually you'll, it, hopefully you'll let it go, right? And that, and th those are the pro steps to enlightenment. So it's like um, what you're saying: you, you get on the roller coaster the first time, and it hits something in there, some preconceived notion you have, and then eventually, maybe you let that go, and then it just passes through. These are just things that, and then eventually, the, you don't even—they're done. <clears throat> um, uh, Susan, can you play that clip I sent you in the text? This guy says it in a very different way, and he uses our sexes to help illustrate it. There is a, I, since I'm not a woman, I don't know, but I think that a woman's menstrual strike cycle and, and when she's bleeding is a very, very, very uh, potent phenomenon that opens a door of opportunity for women every month that us men um, don't necessarily have. But let's go ahead and listen to this. Story time. Over 30 years ago, during the height of mass incarceration, I was a third year college student who got fucked up on bullshit and ended up doing a gang of time. One day when I first started doing my time, an old man walked me around the track and he taught me a few things. And among the things he taught me was in the form of a question. And this is what he asked me. You know why these motherfuckers up in here like this here, don't you? I said, well, yeah, murder. And he said, no, murder might've been a charge, but that ain't the reason why they up in here. I said, well, what's the reason? And he said, for having bitch ass ways on the street. What? These big swole gang banged out the game motherfuckers from every gang set in the state of California. What the fuck you mean by that? And then he said, let me explain. Ninety something percent of these dudes right here were raised by women. And as a result, they have female emotional tendencies. That don't make them gay, but it does make them dangerous. I said, what do you mean? And he said, because when you combine male masculinity with female emotional tendencies, you'll kill a motherfucker over how you feel. But you don't never kill a man over how you feel because tomorrow you're not going to feel that way. But that motherfucker going to be just as dead and you're going to be up in this camp looking at me. That's why when you get mad, the first thing you have to do is calm down and be quiet. And whatever you have to do after that, you do that shit calmly and quietly or not at all. But that's why these niggas is up in here. They're not in here because they was in danger. They in here because they was in their fucking feelings. I'm telling you some good shit.
So that's exactly what I said. That's not Damn. from the. I don't know that guy's name. That's not from the uh, Russian philosopher P.D. Ospensky or from the Buddha. That's from. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that guy is the. Yeah, who? Maybe that is. But, who, but there whoever it is. carries the message. Whoever that, carries the message. That's um, and 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 so so so, there, like when when nine eleven happened, you could see that there was a collective unconsciousness that swept over the United States of America. COVID does the same thing. It basically just went you say something that so many people are reacting to and, and fear is a powerful one that it just puts them to sleep. And by sleep, I mean, they're inside their brain reacting to shit instead of being outside in the world. It's kind of like when you touch those antlers on a snail and they go in, everyone just contracted. And so I could, I remember when nine 11 happened, I was like, Oh shit. Like all of a sudden, if you're, if you're not one of those people, you realize how alone you are in the world. You're like, wow, everyone just went inside. And you're and you're just kind of outside, but you can see it in a lot of places. You could go to, you could as you start cultivating this awareness, you'll just be like in Whole Foods and or Disneyland or at Walmart, and you'll be like, "Holy fuck, everyone's asleep." <clears throat> so yeah, Corey, I think I think adversity is like a, a, a huge thing. That's why, by the way, that that's one of the fantastic things about CrossFit, and it's it's so little talked about, if if at all. The byproduct of putting yourself in oxygen deprivation is kind of like uh, cheating yoga because what happens is it makes you singular focused on something and you start passing through levels of consciousness or different mind centers it, it, when you use this paradigm that I'm proposing. You basically leave the intellectual one. You abandon it because it has no, no value for you at that point. You have to get into some of the other ones because you're, because you're trying to survive. And so it's kind of a self-inflicted um, path to enlightenment. I got you. Or, or like there's more to your circle, more more than just my yes. my life or what's going on. Like Caleb's over there in some undisclosed location and we're over here drinking Starbucks. Yes, yes. Well, he's drinking the Moak. Moak. He's drinking the Moak. Moak. Just waiting for, waiting for my shipment. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get here eventually. All right. I'll let somebody else call in. Love y'all. Word, thanks. See you, Corey. Bye. Thanks, Corey. Okay. Where were we? I like it. I like that a lot. I think a lot of people, if they really take the time to listen to it and uh, and meditate on it, chew on the stuff you got, they'll, and the cool part about it is you could instantly apply it. Right when you turn this podcast off, you can go out into the world and instantly apply it. So next time, and this came from one of my buddies. It was, it was like a paradigm shift moment. I was getting upset years back because somebody was just tailgating the shit out of me. And uh, and he kind of looks over and he can tell I'm just like staring up in the rearview mirror and I'm like adjusting, you know, everything. And he goes, hey, you know what helps? And I go, what? And he smacks my mirror thing and he goes, remember, you're in control. They're behind you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess you're right. I was only staring up at them and then reacting to what they were doing. But all along, if I just kept driving straight and didn't even look into the rearview mirror. I, I wouldn't have had to react to it. And then the second I saw him, I started spinning all those stories. What is this asshole doing? This guy's dangerous. This is pissing me off. I'm going to brake check him. And that had nothing to do. I, I The path in front of me wasn't impeded at all. I go as fast or as slow as I want. I was in charge. But yet the second I started reacting, I completely gave up that control. And you have rule. And you have rules. You had rigid rules about what you expect from everyone around you while yep. you're driving. 
Yep. And then I was going to play the asshole because I was going to slow down. I was going to break check. I was going to fuck with them. And then so now this person who who even knows the situation, right? For all I know, they're not even paying attention. They might look up and go, oh, I didn't realize it was even so close. And now my whole existence is dependent on screwing with this person behind me because I felt that I was wrong somehow. And all along, I could have just kept driving or even just gotten over. But yet it totally consumed my thoughts. And then therefore, once it consumed my thoughts, it controlled all my actions. It controlled all my actions. So I, I don't know. That's great stuff. That's cool. That's why we the had, fight game is – go ahead, Caleb. Go ahead. We had a, we've been having like an office um, – it's getting to the point where everybody's like getting really irritated with each other, you know, like the like you're a giant moments. married couple. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Just a massive married couple out here. So and like everybody guy. basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody's just like been sitting around each other for like 12 plus hours a day because we don't have fucking shit else to do. And uh, we get phone calls like regularly from people like, hey, can I get this? Hey, can I, whatever. So we only have one front desk staff. And they'll like answer the phone pretty regularly. Um, but sometimes the phone will ring into our room and like there's probably four or five of us in that room at one time. So like it's easy for us to like just pick it up if they're busy or they don't answer or whatever it is. Yesterday, this one of the I guys, love this story already that there's a phone that rings that I just love this story. <laughs> <laughs> so, we just like yeah, just what's up kind of thing. Um, but this, like yesterday, our phone rang and they're like, hey, can you forward me to so-and-so? And I was like, yep, no problem. Um, but I <laughs> I forgot how to forward people on their phones because I just don't bother to learn it. I guess somebody else will do it. Um, but it's like my fault because I'm not learning how to do it. So I had to go ask somebody and I was like, hey, man, do you mind if you help me like forward this phone call? And he's like, well, why didn't the front desk staff just open it or answer the phone in the first place? And we're like, dude, I don't know. Like, just it, the phone has been answered. I've just begun the conversation. He goes, this has been going on for a really long time. I can't believe that we're talking about this right now. We need to disconnect these phones. We, I don't know why we have to answer the phone. We have, this is their only job. And I'm like, hey, man, like, there is somebody on hold right now. <laughs> and you... I've been having this conversation with me and arguing with somebody else for the last like two or three minutes. This gentleman's on hold. And I'm like, dude, just like, this is unnecessary. Like, and the other, another guy was like, Hey man, like maybe they're just busy up there. Like maybe they have something going on. Like you, you cannot attach yourself to this like thought that everybody is just fucking slighting you or like out to get you or like, like, dude, it, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Just answer the phone. Help me fucking transfer it because I'm a dipshit. And fucking want. You've just now wasted five minutes of your life on this fucking dumbass discussion about whether or not somebody at the front should be answering the phone. Yeah. Like, why are you? It's it. What what happened? Yeah. He just he just like got really heated and he's like, okay, well now you got to press hold and then you got to transfer, <laughs> transfer for me and then he just like he goes. Hey, I'm transferring somebody and they hung up and he fucking <laughs> and then he was just like mad the rest of the day. <laughs> Dude. Ew. Yeah. It wasn't a civilian, by the way. You you describe this kind of person who thinks that everyone's out to get them, and it's so those people are the hardest for me to be around. 
I did that for a while. I'm going to be honest. I was that way for really, for probably like 21 to 24. I just thought everybody was fucking sliding me. Everybody's somebody was out to get me regardless. Yeah. Somebody was going to slam on the brakes. and be like, I'm going to swerve around you and drive like an asshole and slow down in front of you. Like I was going to be that guy. And, but it's just not worth it. <laughs> not if it's worth it. It's not, um, people get like that, uh, really like that around money. Like, um, they get like that with real estate agents, like always like, and at some point it's just like life's so much better to just not like, just if, if your real estate agent wants 3% and you don't want to give them 3%, just be chill and just say, Hey, can I give you 2%? Or then just like, don't just realize, Hey, this dude's just doing his job and and pay yeah, them. They're gonna make money too somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like no one's trying. Like, well, I shouldn't say no one's trying to fuck anyone, but you're definitely getting fucked just with with those thoughts. You're fucking yourself. Oh, because then it, you're just sitting with that energy for like so much longer than is necessary. Mm-hmm. You just like ruined your day because yeah. you were mad about somebody not answering the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy, come on. Yeah, for sure. I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I really, I really like what that guy, that message, that guy is giving. And basically what he's doing is once again, he, he's going to the root. And when yeah. you go to the, when you go to the root, um, it, it, it's fascinating. Other people just want that shit labeled but really they're just being distracted. And those are all the people like who put all their faith in doctors instead of their own cognitive skills or into teachers. And I'm not saying that they don't have value, but, but there is, there is, there is a deeper, more potent way of doing things in the world. And those are, those people are hypnotized by their knowledge of just labeling shit that comes out of the well. And it's like, at some point it's like, what's the point? What does it matter? Yeah, what is it? It matter? exists. Yeah, and, and 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 you can get past it. And so I, I was just trying to think, man, how can I explain to? I was just trying to imagine if I met that guy, how I could explain to him how wrong he has it. Anyway, and then I saw, and then this morning while I was taking a deuce, I saw this this <laughs> this guy talk about it, and I'm like, oh wow, this guy fucking nails it. <laughs> That's the thinking seat right there. Yeah, the book that I showed, Emotional Agility, talks about it. It, it, uh, the same way you do, but in the term and using the same well analogy, as it comes up, yeah, she labels it. But once she labels it, she goes, "We've labeled it now. Shelf it. Don't react to it. Like you've already, you've been like, okay, I'm angry. Move it over. Almost it like a sequester it and, and take it out in the yard and put it just down. Like, yeah, like well, Corey's dog. Well, name, name geez. <laughs> Naming is the origin of all things, right? So if you can name it, then you've separated you and yourself from it. And then therefore you could shelf it and then you can move on. Like, hey, this thought made me angry. I don't need to become an angry person. This was just an angry thought. Now that I've sat with it, I could set aside, don't need to react. That's why fighting is so fascinating. Because you have to react, but you can't fall asleep. Yeah. And, and and then you're in this wicked fucking crazy paradox. Like when you, you watch fighters. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, and ideally be. that too. Ideally yeah. that too. Right. I mean, you have to, you have to be, 
<clears throat> I guess at some point you just have to trust the process that the training got you to where you go, where you're at. And that, and that's, what's so fascinating about Israel Adesanya. I mean, and, and all those guys who are fighting at that crazy high level. Yeah. I mean, that's why they chain the way they do, especially like in the SEAL teams and in the like special, operation. like they drill it to the point because you're, you're only going to like default to the highest level of training you have. Right. Like nothing new is going to happen there. It's all going to descend to chaos. And the only thing that you're going to have is just that repetitive steps that you've taken in your training to really solidify, like, can you still get it done when everything's going to shit? And same with fighting, right? Like if your jujitsu isn't solid and someone takes you down and you're getting punched in the face and you don't know how to get yourself to a half guard or to full guard and how to do that damn near blind. Automatically, and, and automatically. Chaos, like, yeah, it's too late. You're not going to learn it there. You're just going to get pummeled. Uh, e- even yesterday when Jamie Simmons did that, she got stuck in the hole. Mm. And I and I saw mm. her just, and instead of trying to get out of the hole, she directly using her legs, she started working on the bar. I was like, yeah. fuck, she's brilliant. Yeah, I got that oscillation going and pop out it that was great yeah, and she starts pushing the bar back reps nothing but reps gets that <clears throat> i give you an example of something else that was just i don't i don't know if it's manipulative or what's going on but yesterday during the ufc That's fights great. it was like cancer week right and they they put so many ads about cancer like uh um uh, uh chris weidman's like nephew is dying of cancer and they did like a, a five minute little piece on him or, or he's maybe not dying of cancer, but he's, he's fighting cancer. And then they talked about like this, it's this one black guy who used to work at ESPN who's who, who died of cancer and they keep talking about him. And then they show this other guy and they're showing all this stuff. And I'm thinking, what if you would have taken that cumulative 20 minutes of emotional cancer talk and, and instead for 20 minutes said, don't eat added sugar for the highest value of behavior to avoid any chronic disease. But they don't. Those pieces are pointless. Those, those pieces, as beautiful as they are and as emotional as they make you feel, they're pointless. And, and I saw crazy shit in the commercials. They're showing kids in cancer and with cancer in hospitals and sitting next to their beds adjacent are jars of, or bottles of Gatorade. Mm. And I'm just thinking of just... How does anyone? Yeah, I I really like Dana White and I like the UFC organization. I wish I I didn't have to use them as the example too. I I do like them, but but it's but it's but it's it's like the YouTube thing when someone's like, "Hey, you're an asshole. You don't know what you're talking about." In that same time you wrote that, you could have told me the truth. You know. Like uh, uh, the Packers won the Super Bowl in 1957. You're a fucking idiot. How about you just say, no, they won it in 1958. <laughs> and all that time you told me, tell me all these sad stories of people dying with cancer. You could have just told me, program me with lifestyle things to not get cancer. And so I just see it as a giant, uh, a miss. And then on, uh, in my more um, conniving mind, I see, or, or uh, less nice mind, I start going to the place like these people don't really care. They, they don't fucking care. A matter of fact, it's worse than they don't care. They don't want to f- offend their Sprite sponsor. And then I started going to the place of, look at all the people that are bought. I know you, you guys probably all know the story of Gabe, uh, Paper Street Coffee, and how we met. He reached out and said, hey, I want to send you money for your podcast. I have a small coffee company. I said, I already drink good dudes. He said, I don't care what you say about my coffee. I go, what if he goes, I'm going to send you some. I go, what if I hate it? He goes, then tell people. 
I'm like, oh, this guy's fucking checkmating my shit. <laughs> I go, okay, but I'm a, but just so you know, I'm a good dude's coffee guy. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm probably going to stay with good dudes, even though they don't pay me any money. So he sends the coffee and it's those little tiny brown beans that look like the ones uh, that, uh, that don't look all fucked up and tarry and shit. I started drinking the coffee. I'm like, wow, this stuff's really strong. I'm like, oh, this is great. Never had good dudes again. <laughs> yeah, right. And and um, and so th- th- when people and people betray themselves, right? Or or they they at least let us know they're like, hey, Sevon, if you talk like that, you're never going to get any sponsors. And as <clears throat> and as much as excuse me, as much as I want money and I want sponsors, it's like I I don't want to have to like not tell the truth. That's the like kind of the only thing I have. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not Brian Friend. I don't know all the other stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I know what Sevon. What I said. Jeffrey loves Josh. I love Josh too. I. I mean, I, I'm not dissing uh, good dudes at all. I'm not. I'm not even saying that Paper Street Coffee's better. I'm just saying that it's great coffee. I fucking love it. It might be better. And um, and and I just love that Gabe was like, "Hey, I don't care. I like your message, and I want to support it." <clears throat> so that's that <clears throat> where's my loyalty mm-hmm. it's, to, it's to Gabe yes I was going to say right where it needs to be paper street copy although I randomly did have this like uh, uh, I was like right as I woke up I had this weird panic like oh we didn't we didn't do what we needed to do for um, our live podcast at Josh's Pam camp it was like this weird thought that crossed my like, and I don't even know how that happened because there's like, obviously we have nothing planned, but I like for some reason thought that there was something I needed to do to set up our live well, at the pay I, him I, camp. Well, <laughs> I, I would like to, I, I would like to have him on. He does have a pay him camp coming up and I would like to have him on and talk about it. And of course you guys know, I fucking love Josh to death. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's probably one of the best guests any podcast could ever have. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Oh, so last night I was at, um, last night I went to the, uh, owner of California hormones house and and we were hanging out and, um, she has kids and my kids and they were playing. It was, it was adorable. And, uh, we put on the fights and we were just hanging out and she told me she did seal fit and she finished it. The Kuroku camp or whatever it was, whatever it's called. Yeah. And, um, we were looking at two hours. Yeah. I don't know. It looks horrible, but yeah. she did it. <clears throat> she did it with three female games athletes, big ones. Oh, when like Kristen Clever did it, and like Katie Hogan and stuff way back in the day. I don't want to say who because I I don't I don't know if that, it's not because I'm going to say something else. And she said those girls oh. were amazing. She said they were so great, so nice. So, but she beat three of them in Murph. All three of them in Murph. <laughs> Yeah, it looks horrible. Yeah, she said it was absolutely horrible. She said you couldn't pay her a million dollars to do it again. I said, "Do you guys have a big party afterwards?" She goes, "No, you're so chafed you can't even walk." Yeah, <laughs> I had a guy who um, worked worked there that would drop into the gym frequently, and he was talking about it. And I had asked him about it because years back I wanted to go to it, but there's I just couldn't afford it. Like it's like. I think that one said it was $3,400 at the time I was looking at it. It was probably like 2100 or 2500 And he goes, yeah, after like the fifth person tried to sue us because they wanted a refund because they got spit out in the first hour, we had to change the curriculum a little bit. He goes, it's still good, but it's 
it's watered down. <laughs> she said she she said Classic. I mean she did this for she did this t- probably the hard one. She said there's no um there's absolutely the men and women are treated 100% the same. They do everything the same. And she says in she, my words not hers, but ba- maybe they even talk more shit to the women. And um she said it's it, it, it's it's really 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 bad. Yeah, but she, she said I think she back, said half right? I think she said half yeah, she probably 13 years to go, 10 years ago. She said yeah, half the people was, don't finish. Yeah. Yeah, and that oh, was yeah. the issue. Yeah, that was the issue with it. And that was what the guy, the gentleman who worked there at SealFit was telling me was that when they first started, it, their attrition rate was ridiculous, like to get through the actual 50 hours and then they had to start adjusting it. But the the whole claim used to be the hardest crucible for civilians. Because it was all ran by buds instructors, like retired buds instructors. Can you imagine signing up for Seal Fit and then suing them? (laughs) (laughs) Is that like an oxymoron? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that everyone who does that does that. At least if I were to try to do it, it's because I'm too much of a pussy to join the United States military. But I want to dabble. But you want to test yourself. Yeah. I I don't want to... I don't want to be gay, but I just want to give you a handy. Just, let me just give you a handy and just see how I like yeah. it. Just see if I can make it yeah. to the end. That's all. Yeah, let me just That's see. And, and I always uh, wonder if they're like, oh, yeah, I could be a SEAL because I've been a SEAL pit. Yeah. And then you realize you can't. You can't even do the fake one <laughs> and you get pissed and sue them. It's like it doesn't even <laughs> fucking make sense to me. <laughs> we don't want you, buddy, <laughs> at all. You can't make the fake one. You like, can't even what? make the weekend getaway. It was away. too hard. <laughs> That's the whole point of that thing. Yeah, no shit, dude. So I you can experience what it's like to to uh, to to but without getting shot at because you're a pussy. <laughs> the next I'm not gonna step- open mouth kiss that guy. I'm just gonna jerk him off and then go and pout my way. I'm not gay. It's like I, I don't get it. It's like they had that uh, thing on Discovery Channel years back. It's like the, the the that's the one step above just watching that on repeat for a long time. Which one? Say that again. Sorry, I was, <laughs> they had I was... like class two thirty four, I think it was, or something like that on Discovery Channel, and it was oh, a long yeah. uh, documentary on like you know bits and parts that they would show from uh, buds training. So it's like that's step one. Watch that like five or six times. Step two, then go to the seal fit camp. <laughs> step <laughs> three, sue them. Yeah. <laughs> The guys in the military do that shit every day. That you just got fifty hours and now you're suing. Yeah, hey, I, mean, I bet you. I, I would be curious to see how many people have sued um, uh, like special the, forces, like you know, the, the train up to it for not making it. Like, yeah, you make you it through butts, your, so you, you sign your life away. I think, I right? Yeah, I don't think that you can. They come to your house and beat that. your ass if you do that. I, I think they're just like you're lucky that yeah. you are allowed to like get out. Or like find another job. Yeah. Cause like it's because I think you find I wanna say you sign a piece of paper if you quit or like get med drop or something like that. Yeah, still in the Navy for like, four years. Yeah, like you say, like, oh, uh I'm no I will no longer allowed to there's like options on there, at least so when I went through uh combat rescue officer selection, like long time ago, the uh they gave me a paper when I got med dropped and they said like, Hey, you just signed this one that says I'm allowed to come back of my own volition. But the other options were 
uh, I voluntary I voluntarily uh, dropped, and I'm no longer allowed to attempt any special warfare selection for the rest of my life. Another one was like, uh, I fail I was a failure to train, and I'm not allowed to attempt any further selection from here on out. Um, and there's like they just give you some options, but you can't like. They, they didn't give me the chance. They're like, no, we got receipts, buddy. Like they keep the receipts. Like you could, from, like, from what you, I, from the little bit that I know from the people I've talked to in the books I've read that if you try to become like one of these things, like a pararescue or a seal or a Marine recon and you fail, it, shit gets bad for you. Like you get a job, like taking out the trash and people shit on you. I got really lucky, but yeah, people, which is kind of weird, shit. right? You go either you try from the, the top. You try from the highest level, and then all of a sudden, you go. <laughs> yeah, and, which is they like they send all their like best candidates to be fucking boat painters, or like janitors, or like cooks and shit. Yeah, because like, those guys. Right. I mean, if you if you give them a job that like they want, which I don't know if there's like some like seal like mental shit that they put into this, but if they you give them a job that they want, they'll probably be the best person at that job. Uh, like a CrossFitter in the Navy, if you quit, you're given a list of shittiest jobs the Navy has to offer to pick from. Awesome, yeah, exactly. Mr. Vowell, hi. How you guys doing? Good. I love this conversation. Uh, I think you and Susan need to do a whole episode on emotional intelligence because I think he has a lot to say and a lot of knowledge. It sounds like anyway. I agree. I need to walk across the U.S. Um, but, but listen, I got mine by I got my I earned mine. Sousa had his through huffing paint um during his graffiti <laughs> days, and, and somehow he became wise. Uh, Two different paths. Hey, I got lots of stories in the back pocket. We just don't go there usually. I just love hearing from people who have experiences or have read a ton of books, and they have their own methods of going about like achieving emotional intelligence and dealing with harder situations and not letting your emotions take over like you were talking about earlier in the episode. And a lot of times the people with the most um, insightful information are not those that are psychologists or, um, you know, doctors. And I know that's a common thing to say now. Um, you're not a doctor. What do you know? A psychologist is an expert on the box of crayons. An artist is fucking the guy who did the fucking Mona Lisa. It's like, like, like that's a great analogy. And and they try and they try to act like they're expert experts in the field, but like, hey, dude, you just know how to sharpen crayons and you know which color goes where in the box. And it's like, dude, like your skill. Don't when the artist is working, don't like worry about his skills. Like, shut the fuck up, stay in your lane. And they don't. The the two have been conflated. So. Did you watch the fights? No, I didn't. Change the fights last night. Change diapers instead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I can't. Um, I I called just because I wanted to touch on something with the with the military, um, and it kind of ties into the comment uh, the comment that you uh, or the I'm sorry the DM that you got from the gentleman uh, yesterday or the other day, uh, basically saying that he's not going to listen to you anymore. Oh yeah, did I say uh, that guy? I don't know if that guy was from the military. No, I'm just gonna kind of oh, oh okay. tie in a couple things with that. Oh, okay, please. When you when you go through the military, when when you go through boot camp, um, they try to make it intense and as possible. Every moment of your day, they want to make it just crazy intense, and they're yelling in your face and blah blah blah. Um, 
they're forcing you to deal with pressure situations, especially in situations where you don't necessarily know the next step or the next avenue to go down. You don't know what's yet to come in front of you. Um, and the purpose of that is because, well, if you get into combat, shit's going to be a little crazy. So you have to be able to react and perform correctly. Um, no matter how intense it is or, or, or um, how chaotic it may be. So what they're training you to uh, experience is that if you can't deal with somebody yelling in your face and, and pressuring you and like faster, faster, let's go, let's go. If you can't deal with that, how are you going to deal when shit hits the fan? And so that's, that's kind of part, partly the, the reason why they do that. When I was in high school and it continues on throughout the military as well. Like you, this is, this creates that culture of, you know, you get your platoon sergeant or your, um, anybody ahead of you really can yell at you at any given time. I mean, imagine your boss in the civilian world, motherfucking you <laughs> like I, it, it, that, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen, but it's common practice typically in the military. Um, when I was, uh, in high school, my coach was a former Marine. Uh, he was a bit brash and, uh, he had a, he had a very powerful voice. Um, a lot of volume and a lot of swear words. Uh, and he didn't care what the parents thought, <laughs> but he would motherfuck us in a game. If we did something stupid, if we did something stupid, if we made an error, that wasn't a big deal that happens. But if we did something stupid, um, like throwing the ball to the wrong base, I mean, it was a bad, it was a bad day, especially afterwards. And our assistant coach would always walk up to us after, um, after one of those bouts of colorful words and, uh, how he felt about us. Uh, he would always walk up to us afterwards and say, listen to the message, not the tone. And that always stuck with me, even through the military, that I realized the message is far more important than the delivery. It's like your analogy of saying, Hey motherfucker, what are you doing? Dumbass? You're about to run off a cliff. And we get so hung up on the, the volume and the, the, the words that you said to me, Oh my God. So we're almost insulting our own intelligence by letting our emotions take from the actual message, which actually holds most of the importance. That's the, that's the going back to that phrase. I'm pointing at the moon and you're staring at my finger. It's also, you know, the cousin of ad hominem. You hate, you hate, you hate the messenger. And it's like, why are you even going there? Because it, and people go there because they think it's about them. That's the whole thing with the liver king too. On the deepest level, people think it's about them. I think we're it's, making it's, ourselves dumb with those situations as well. For sure. You're, you're well, well, I don't know if dumb's the word, but we're missing opportunity. Everyone that's upset at him is missing an opportunity. <clears throat> is missing an opportunity. It's like certainly you're you're missing the opportunity. Goes back to woman's menstrual cycle every month. That there's an opportunity there for them. Yeah, people just Certainly. miss opportunities, and you'll keep getting those opportunities, <laughs> whether you want <laughs> them or the not. To the gentleman that messaged you that, I appreciate uh, your response to it. By the way, you you very much you, you very much listened to the message. That I, he feel to I feel him. I feel him. In my feelings, everything he's saying is true. Sure, but but intellectually, um, and and, and, but intellectually, in, in in the in in the deep fields of truth, everything he's saying is completely wrong. But I feel him. And so I said, I just wanted to acknowledge him. And, and he took the time to type it out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, yeah. So like you said, he, he has a point. Um, there is a, 
And if he doesn't just want to listen to certain brash things and wants to right. only listen to, you know, Jordan Peterson, like fair enough. Right. right. I guess right. this isn't the podcast for you. Um, I don't think that you're, um, I think that if we're going to make statements publicly, uh, we should try to button it up and cut the fat and say our point with immense amount of accuracy with little words as possible with as few words as possible. Um, if you're going to make a statement, this is a podcast. And I think uh, a lot of times yourself, guests, call, uh, people calling in, we're, we're working through thoughts. So they don't always have to be so buttoned up. Um, and, and I really like the things that your delivery system in particular, um, it's, I think you're plenty smart enough um, to deliver these messages with proper elocution and straight to the point, few amount of words, you know, and get your point across. <clears throat> but you do that, excuse me, in lieu of uh, in lieu of all those fancy words and the ten dollar words. Um, it's for entertainment, and that's the kind of that's the kind of guy you seem to be. It's just like you like to have the fun and, and, and be a little bit brash. And, and to me, I appreciate those angles too, because I can actually relate to that more um, than a lot of times when Jordan Peterson's speaking. Yeah. Like it's it's, it's funny you say that Val, because when, when I, this morning, when I was thinking about what the show is going to be about this morning and I started thinking, maybe I should try to talk to him about PD Ospensky. It it wasn't until five minutes later that I saw this, uh, this guy who went to, you know, that we said that he went to jail, you know, out of college. I was like, oh shit, this is a perfect illustration. The same thing I'm trying to say, but he says it the brash way. And like, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And I think we need those multiple systems of delivery. That way we can reach more people. I mean, Sousa has probably read, um, in all reality, like the same book 80 times, but they're just different authors. Right. Different writers, um, different perspectives, but ultimately probably through and through similar messaging. Yeah, I'd agree with that. This, 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 uh, I, I, I'm not, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was the guy named Krishnamurti, but they said, why have you written, uh, or what's your goal with these 70 books you've written? And he goes, I just tried to say the same thing over and over in different ways. Mm, Yeah. And that, and that, you know, you know, that's part of what CrossFit was too. It's the truth. And so Greg just spent his time just trying to say it over and over in different ways. Right. Wow. That's yeah. The the truth can just be said over and over. You can make a whole, a whole life of just telling the truth, but, and and just reworking your, uh, reworking your shit. Your approach. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to mention something as well. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Delivery system. Yeah. (laughs) With the delivery system. uh, It was interesting, though. In the military, there is quite a bit of yelling and motherfucking and and this and that. It's fascinating to see there's always uh, somebody who's completely even keeled and never loses their cool and knows how to speak to um, his subordinates. Typically seems. to always be the, 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 the best leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, have you read this so, book? Uh, the longest shot by Craig Harrison. I have not. It will. You got to, I don't know. I don't know if you got to, but man, it's that's a, that's a long one, right? Yeah. The audiobook's so good though. You will not want to put it down. I feel like a five-year-old kid listening to it. It's so good, but that that's exactly he, he, for him. 
it's uh it's it's all the guys who are calm that most like you can see most strongly affected him and he went through some shit man he even went awol at one time and tried to join the foreign legion he ran out of his unit and went to the foreign legion and tried to join and then the foreign legion found out that he went awol and they sent him back and he had to re <laughs> the whole book is i can't even believe the book is real and it's got all the shit you know with like no mom no dad everyone hates him it's it's a Hey, you know one of the nutty things? I'm switching subjects here, but um, one of the nutty things is in that interview with um, – uh, right after that interview I saw for like 15 minutes with Joe Rogan and Derek from Plates or No Dates, the one that was done yesterday. The uh, And I was in here – my workout yesterday, by the way, it, this is a pretty good workout if you're sick. I took a 30-pound dumbbell, and I did uh, five thrusters in one hand and five thrusters with the other hand, and I did uh, did that on the minute for 20 minutes. And it, it, it was pretty good. So you end up doing 200 – 200 thrusters in 20 minutes. And, and I was, and so the video went to Mr. Beast, a, a 15 minute clip with Joe Rogan and Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is this 23 year old kid who has 200 million subscribers throughout his, you know, variety of YouTube channels. And at one point, Joe Rogan says, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to be a loser and I wasn't going to amount to anything. And then I, and then I saw it because he kind of has the same story as the liver King. It's these dudes who are just tremendously insecure, but but they use that insecurity just to fucking grind and prove something to the world. But part of me also thinks that maybe Joe Rogan thinks that maybe he's better than Liver King, it, it, not consciously, but because he has been clean about his, you know, he's holier than thou because he has told the world he's all juiced up. You know, he set himself free and he forgot about that process. But I'm sure at some point, I would be curious to ask him, like, how long were you doing it before you came out, before you felt free? Anyway. That documentary, Stuts, the one I was talking about a couple days ago. What's it called? Stuts. Uh-huh. It's about um, Jonah. It's Jonah Hill interviewing his therapist on, like, therapy, essentially, and, like, how he therapies people. I don't know how that works, but. He talks about that, uh, about how you have like a shadow of yourself and like that shadow is like all the things that you don't like that you don't want the world to see. Yeah. And like how to manage that in your life, essentially, or like how you become friends with the shadow or how you react to the shadow. And when people bring that up, how you're detached from it or how you like appreciate those parts of your life instead of like hiding them away from everybody. Like how you think, how you see yourself as like this obese kid when you're younger, the one who got bullied, the one who couldn't stand up for themselves. But like now that you're older, you need to like nourish it and like appreciate it and live with it. Essentially. It's interesting. So what did you call it? Shadow? What? I think it's called the, he, the, the Dr. Stutz, the therapist, he calls it your shadow. It's so funny you say that. Um, it's so funny when people address your shadow. So I was at the beach with these three other couples. So it was me and my wife and these three other couples. And all the husbands there had the nicest bodies. And they were all probably like 10 years younger than me. Still old though. You know what I mean? Still like 40-year-old dudes. Mm -hmm. And we were the last ones to get there. And all everyone's laid out. The guys are laid out. The girls are laid out. And and, and everyone's in their bathing suits, including my wife. And I'm the last person who I haven't taken off my shirt yet. <laughs> Got around that second beer. And I take off my shirt 
And one of the ladies goes, oh, my God, look at Sevon's dad bod. Like, she talks straight to my fucking shadow. Yes. She yes, talks exactly. straight to my shadow. I was like, who are you talking <laughs> about? It's fucking crazy. But I have some, like, real issues to where, like, like I, like, I loved it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, maybe it's the crossfitter in me, but I just loved how much it hurt. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck it's like climbing Damn, you really hit a wall. yeah Holy it's like you didn't shit. know that that was something that would bother you and oh i knew it would bother it. me i just didn't think anyone yeah. would say it i thought everyone would, like, <laughs> take it. i'm sure everyone would like avert their eyes and shit i thought we were cool guys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but this bitch just fucking blasted me oh my god look at Sevon's dad bod <laughs> we're cool oh, then one of the ladies then I was, I was out there playing frisbee and, and a few minutes later one of the ladies is like you have really nice shoulders i'm like it's too late i'm stuck in the shadow you need to shut the fuck up i'm, I'm a shadow guy yeah that's right Big yeah exactly grab a beer i know trust me but part of me just loves the um i just love the pain i just live for the 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 challenge you know what i mean it's like i oh fuck i had to climb this wall right now all right you have no choice at that point but to let go. Mm-hmm. You cannot act like a jackass and act like you. I probably like grab my tits or something. Be like you want to feel it, or I probably did, like I lean into it every time. There's no, to. yeah. There, it's so stupid to fight it. it. Oh my goodness! So stupid to fight it. I've been looking at ice baths, and I was and, and, and Dylan's and, still on the phone. <laughs> oh, Dylan, are you on the phone? Yes. Okay, I'm hanging up on you. All right. See you guys. Love you. <laughs> I've been looking at Bye ice on. baths, and every time I look at an ice bath, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, most people be afraid to get into it because it's cold. I'm like, I'm going to have to make a video with my shirt off and get in. How am I going to do that? No, just leave, it, just leave it on. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just wear a white one. Yeah. It makes it colder. Something. Get you like a double XL white one. You're good to go. Yes. You got a little video magic, a little little camera magic. Just get those angles right. Um, like, why is it a drone shot every time he gets in the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, how come we can't see you? And the camera's all shaky because I put put the GoPro on the back of my dog. Sorry, <laughs> just, I don't have anyone. Cut when you're in there. Yeah, cut when you're in there. Sit. Uh, I, sit. I, 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 I'm, I think I'm one of those people that will howl when they get in. <laughs> oh my god oh under armor compression shoots yeah that's gonna look good on me let me tell you 49 yeah. percent of the reason i can't stand noble is because their clothes make me they're made for beautiful bodies they're not made for me they're not made for like dudes who are shaped like me who came out of caves just 100 years ago <laughs> Uh, 289, um, Australia. This is interesting. Someone, someone uh, mentioned this yesterday on the show and I looked it up. It, it, I, I want to say this is positive, but here's the thing. If the government finds you for something and then gives you the money back, those are just people. So that whole process actually costs you money. So the government finds me a thousand dollars because I'm outside during COVID and now they're giving the money back. I, I, I still, I'm still, I'm still paying for it. I had to pay the guy who fined me. I pay his bill. I pay him because he works for me. Then I have to pay the person who has to give it back to me. Then I have to go through, fill out all the paperwork. The whole entire thing is crazy. Australia to withdraw or refund tens of thousands of COVID fines. I'm like, this is supposed to make me happy. 
it's so weird the things uh uh the it's uh it's not enough it's not a, it's it's not enough it's it's not enough to set the slaves free you have to also write down that that will never happen again australia australia australia's largest state will withdraw or refund tens of thousands of fines issued during the covid pandemic after government lawyers after government lawyers those are your lawyers conceded on Tuesday that some fines were invalid in a test case brought by a legal advocacy group. Australia states and territories instituted strict restrictions during the pandemic, including limits of travel and movement outside of the home. Police in New South Wales, the largest state, could issue fines of 1000 Australian dollars to individuals uh, who breached the public health order. So I guess they're giving back tens of thousands of these fines, but it's just, I don't know. No, I'm definitely not for reparations. That's <laughs> fucking that that's more enforcement of racism. That's all that is. Just enforcing more. <clears throat> anyway, so I get I, I don't know. I don't know how to take this. This is like I don't I mean, I guess part of me wants to be like, okay, good, it's a good first step, but we need like ten steps. Like Australia needs to be like how about holding the people accountable who who let that buy in the first place and let that happen to the citizens? Like if if you try out for SEALs and you don't make it and you quit and you have to sign something that says you'll never do it again, someone who's in government who finds its people illegally should never be – should just be taken out of office and never be allowed to run again. Yeah, but there's just no accountability for a government. Yeah, that, that seems fair. I'm not saying that you have to Did hurt you? these people. No. They you're did. not made for this job. Yeah. You're not made it, for this job. It wasn't a fit. Yeah. We're Did you see on. the Pentagon failed their their next their last their latest audit? They could only account for like thirty one or forty percent of their spending. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, like the the lion's share of the money they got, they're like, we don't really know where that went. Yeah. Weird. But yet now six hundred dollars on what are you telling you, me? It's like you not see this. This is insane. Yeah. How could they What's don't know in- what happened to the money? What's insane? It's, it's fifth failed audit. The fifth time. What's insane too is that you have this massive avalanche of cash that's given for stuff, but yet you you just don't even see where it goes or what happens with it or or anything being Im- improved. You know, it just the Pentagon fails its fifth audit in a row. If the Defense Department can't get its book straight, how can it be trusted with a budget of more than eight hundred billion? Eight hundred billion of our future dollars oh let me say this really quick before we go into this but to give you an idea of it. so uh, there's approximately 1 million 70 thousand doctors in the united states of america and 20 20 billion dollars 20 billion dollars is spent by pharmaceutical companies to market to those doctors. You understand that? So let me explain so how many one more time. Dollars There's a million doctors basically in the United States. Yeah. And billboard and, and, and pharmaceutical companies reach out to them with a wallet of $20 billion to influence them, not with like data or stats or not like that. No, it's dinners and yeah, bottles that's of another, wine. Yes. And yeah. It's $20,000 per doctor. Wow. So don't ever fucking ever allow anyone to uh, um, uh, 
say that doctors know they're 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 bought just like all the athletes. Yep, they're bought just like all the other athletes. And I'm I'm not saying that with any judgment. I'm just saying as as a component of awareness. Uh, caller, hi. Okay, you can pull that back up again, Caleb. Let's look at what the fuck's going on over at the Pentagon. Why don't they just say it's top so in, secret? In, Go ahead, caller. Sorry. In British Columbia, they just passed a bill that um, I think it's called Bill. I think it's Bill Thirty Six. That basically the governing schools that have the certifications for Cairo massage kinesiology, all these, you know, naturopathic schools or whatever, health clinics in British Columbia, that now the governing body is overseen by the government, that if they now want those people to be triple, quadruple vaxxed, they have to oblige now. That just got passed the other day without without, uh, any version of debate. They passed it through. Um, the other day, I want to explain this to you. This is a great point. The caller, thanks for bringing this up. I want to I want to tell you what a chiropractor is because I I didn't know. I thought it was just someone who like cracks your bones and shit. I want to de- read the definition of chiropractor to you guys so you know. A chiropractor, a, a, a practitioner of the systems of integrative medicine based on the diagnosis and manipulative treatment of misalignments of the joints. I, I don't think that's what it is. That's hold on, hold on. <laughs> What exactly does a chiropractor do? A chiropractor is trained to make sure your body is functioning optimally by using spinal manipulations. God, I don't. I, that's not what I'm looking for. But ba- basically, my understanding from more and more chiropractors that I speak to is they believe the body can heal itself at its foundation. That is the, that is their philosophy. And so, if you have a chiropractor who's asking you to take drugs, you sh- that should fucking. I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong. But it should raise the big antenna. Any kind of drugs, right. it should raise the the antenna. A chiropractor, the way the body heals itself is by taking things away from the body. Stop washing your body with Drano. Stop smoking cigarettes. Stop eating fucking charred meat. Like like the, they'll, they'll they'll remove stuff from you probably. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's crazy. That's why. That's also why. Um, it, any any of these gurus like Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, any of them that were proponents of the vaccine, that's not the way the mind works. Uh, someone in stillness never sees the vaccine as the way out. They, they don't. I'm not saying that they would never take the vaccine. I'm just saying they would never be preaching it. And you can know that yourself if you start watching how the mind works. Because telling someone to do that does not come from a place of stillness. Going back to what we originally said in the show. It does not. If you have a question... The most profound question ever. You can sit with it and you will get the answer. Is there a God? Just ask yourself that 3,000 times over the next two weeks. You will get the answer. Should I take the vaccine? Ask yourself that 3,000. You have to. You you can trust yourself. Just keep asking. We'll put you. Yeah, I hope you get a medical professional in from. I hope you get a medical professional in from Canada to talk on your show pretty openly that'd be great what, what tell me what what, what and, and what was the point of it i'm sorry it went over my head what, what what should i ask him just like why are so many doctors are dying have you seen how many doctors are dying in canada young doctors i haven't heard anything really to be honest it's you know my my view on it bullshit, is by the is, way i always think it might be bullshit young doctors my, my thing is, is this when they talk about the doctors or young people or even soccer players dying on the field 
Yeah. Where's the video? Yeah. We have video for everything in this world. If there's a if there's a scuffle in the back of the USC, we see video. <laughs> right. If there's a scuffle in a locker room, right. we see video because everybody has a phone. So where's the video on all these guys dying? Hey, that's why if, team- if, if, if a major if a major soccer player died on the field, we'd all see the video on CNN or wherever. And I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm just saying, right. where's the video? Because if somebody died on a soccer field or hockey, ice or anything, we'd see the video. And why is it soccer and not football? Uh, that's why I, hockey. That's why I like TMZ so much as a news source because they always show you the shit. It's like Suge Knight runs someone over and then you click the video and like you're like, oh, there he, he ran someone over. <laughs> right. Right. Like I'm, I'm not vaxxed and I'm, I'm proud to be not vaxxed. Wait, um, you're Canadian not and you're I'm, not vaxxed. You're right. There's there's a majority of us. It's it's not talked about, but there's a lot of us. I guess. Uh, tell me more. Sorry, I, I just got a I'm, I'm, uh, my Dubai thread that s- said that Brent Pikowski just got the first no rep of the. Uh, <laughs> of the <laughs> that Dubai. event is amazing. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that you, was there a lot of what do you do for a living? Can you tell me? Yeah, so uh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach also, but also I oh. work for, because basically the gyms got shut down, so now I work for a company called Sunripe. So Sunripe is, unfortunately, a juice company, so we do orange juice, apple juice, you know, wild berry, all that stuff, and all these little food products that are made of sugar. So I run heavy machinery and forklift in that on my off time. And are you a CrossFitter? 100%. Uh, I- I've been... This way, I've been cross. I'm OG crossfitting back in the day when Kristen Clever was considered just gay. Just gay? Yeah. I don't know if she. What, what do you mean, just gay? She like gay. not a not an well, all nowadays. champ. Oh, well, nowadays I don't know what I'm not. I don't know what nowadays you can call her. Oh yeah. She's no, gay. Anyways, I, I've been crossfitting. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she is great, and her her wife's hot too. Yeah. I think her wife yeah. might be Armenian. No, I. I've been a coach since 2012. Um, I'm going to give because you're calling. I'm going to give. I'm going to tell you the one place I think juice is okay. Oh, I I don't like it at all. I like the job right now. I like to take a little bit of juice. Let my boys take a little bit of juice, like a one eighth to water mix, and then and then pour it into one of those popsicle makers. And then it freezes, right. and then they're popsicles, and they can eat them on hot days. And it's probably—I don't—I'm probably each popsicle has less than a gram of sugar, but my kids think it's the fucking greatest thing ever. There, I just yeah. The behind juice. the scenes of how juice, the behind the scenes of actually how juice is made and stuff is. And I used to work for also this oh, is years no. ago. I used to work for a company for Red Bull, and wow, the behind the scenes of everything of is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, I'm drinking my share of Red Bull. I ain't hating. Hey, money is money sometimes in the in the in the need. Sometimes you got to do what you do, but still preach the gospel of Glassman. Hey, what were you going to say about the making of juice? Does it make you want to throw up? Like you just see like a rat run into the grinder, oh, the, and it's like the, seven thousand oranges and a rat. Uh, oh no, it's it's here's 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 something. So like we live in a place where like I live where Fakowski lives, and. um we live in a place that would be considered the Napa Valley or like Orchard Valley of Canada, right? So a very beautiful place in the mountains. And we have to now outsource because a lot of the stuff has gone 
from like we're a lot of agricultural land. So we've now gone from apples to wine. So wine is a major industry in the valley that we live in. So now all the apples that we used to get and be able to grow here locally are now outsourced through Washington or other places. And a lot of times the concentrate we get is actually from China. Apple concentrate actually in huge tote containers are from China. Our orange juice, I was talking to the orange juice guy that came up from Florida in his pumper truck. And I said, oh, like how were the roads and blah, blah, blah. His pumper truck? Cool. Yeah, it comes in a pumper truck. Pumper, I hardly know. The concentrate of orange juice comes in a and but get this. So I said, you know, like what, you know, you know how much of this came from, you know, orchards of oranges in Florida. He's like, actually, what's in your truck right now came from Turkey. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, all this stuff is actually outsourced. And I remember talking one day to a vegan, and we were talking about. You know, you know, typical vegan debates and, and conversations, but you know, when they actually look at the carbon footprint of what it takes to get orange juice or a banana into Canada, I, I'll take the cow burp every time. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about yeah. climate. It's just all that's a, that is another massive sleep. Those are all the idiot. How do you know someone's asleep because they fucking are worried about climate change? It's it's like it's, it's right. a, I mean, it's not a hundred percent. It's not science, but it's a pretty strong correlate that they're fucking a zombie. That's a zombie, a zombie litmus. Sabar, you should see the amount of sugar, the pallets of sugar that I move around into the vats that go into these juices that these guys make and mix. I just drive a forklift and, and the heavy machinery, so I don't actually do anything. You ever crash the stuff, forklift? You ever crash the forklift? Uh, I'll, I'll say I bumped stuff. I haven't crashed anything yet. You ever purposely jousted something? Just like, fuck it. I'm yeah. No, I haven't it. jousted anything. Oh, you have That's like 8,000 pounds. I would yes. go through. That's like 8,000 pounds. that will go through a wall pretty easily or a human being. God, I, I, yes. I would, if I would, if I could be a 14 year old boy left in a new, new car lot with a fucking forklift, I would die and go to heaven. They should not have trusted you. Oh, for sure. You did bad shit with the forklift, Caleb. How could you yeah. not? I would be running shit over. Dude. Full speed, six miles oh, yeah. an hour. Run that over. Absolutely. Well, you get a reality check once that. You get a reality check when that thing goes on two wheels really quick. Wow. Yeah. Let's just stress you out a little bit. I haven't read it. Well, thank you for calling. Uh, I appreciate you uh, being able to talk to us and do your dishes at the same time. That was really cool. That sends a subliminal <laughs> message to all the women listening to the yeah, show. I'm just, I'm just making my, yeah, I'm just making my breakfast so I can head up to the hill to go skiing. All right. Peace and love. All right. Th- thank you. How the fuck does he afford? I can't afford to go skiing. How the fuck can a forklift operator probably doesn't have to take five people with him? Yeah, you make some good money as a forklift operator. Probably doesn't live in California. I just drive. Uh, was uh, I just drive? I just drive a forklift. Nazi bookkeeper was convicted a few years ago, but didn't kill anyone. Nazi bookkeeper. Oh, really? The librarian, a Nazi librarian, was convicted. Okay, well, let's go back. Where were we? You were pulling something up, Caleb. Sorry, the Pentagon. Brent Snell rep. Oh, that's Brent. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Do you want to watch it? Sure, sure. I love Brent. I love Brent Edwards. Brent Fikowski. He's in the blue shirt here. That was the operations officer at CrossFit Inc. I do love Brent Edwards. Uh, okay. The guy in the blue shirt with his hands up. Oh, and does that cost him the event? 
Oh shit. Hey, that really was a no rep though. That really was that really no, he doesn't do a lunge no. at the end. He steps in. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, no. It was the feet, the foot shuffle. Oh, what are you guys shuffle. seeing? Sorry, I thought I saw something else. What's he do? What can you do? What, uh, on his right before his last step, he shuffles his feet a little bit. How are you able to re- rewind it back so little? Just hit the little JRL gives you ten seconds. What JRL? Oh, on your keyboard? Yeah, I use the arrow keys. Do it one more time. I, I keep missing the shuffle. Oh, the arrow keys. Oh, that. Seconds. That little pitter patter. Yeah, right there. Yep. I would oh my god! That, I would hey, assume dude. that would be and it. And look, it's not even his judge. It's like some other. Oh wait, like, was it the arm? Was it his arm? Was it his right arm? Did, 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 did the right arm watch the wide arm, right arm of the dumbbell? It came down oh. across the line. That was it. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I that see was it. it. I am now the One new Andrew. I am now the new Andrew Hiller. There we go. Yeah, like oh, oh my goodness. I, God, that's tough. Hey, why is there, how many judges are on the lane? Look at how Dude. it's. Originally, there's supposed to be one per, but then 10 people walked out. They're like, okay, screw it. Everybody find a spot. Hurry up. Colby Stevens. Yeah, he, I guess he's, uh, it's the arm that fell before he locked out. Thank you, Colby. Yeah. The head judge was watching him like an eagle. An Arabian eagle. Why isn't Dubai outside? Seems so dark uh, this year. I don't know. The sunset is super early. Oh, oh! Did uh, you want to look at uh, Pentagon stuff? Oh yeah, Pentagon. Yes. I'm just looking at our at our thread. Uh, okay. Uh, last week, the Department of Defense revealed that it had failed its fifth consecutive audit. I wouldn't say that we flunked, said the Department of Defense con- controller, typo, controller. Mike, uh, Mike McCord, although this office did note that the Pentagon only managed to account for 39% of its $3.5 trillion in assets. Keep scrolling down a little bit. Let me see what else it says. I don't understand why they don't just lie. Right, because at this yeah. point, on like top of their lying. This at this point, like you're clearly fucking up. Like, of the 27 areas, and by lie, I mean just say, "Hey, we can't tell you where we spent this 70 percent national security." Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. You have that power. You can say what, literally say whatever you want. Given this accounting disaster, it should come as no surprise that the Pentagon. By the way, I don't need your analysis. I, it's a accounting disaster. I'll decide that. It should come as no surprise that the Pentagon has a habit of bad financial math. This is especially true when it comes to estimating the cost of weapons programs. The Pentagon's most famous recent boondoggles, the F-35 program, <laughs> which has gone over its original budget of $165 billion to date. But the examples of overruns abound as Senator Jim Inhofe, Republican Oklahoma, and Jack Reed, Democrat of Rhode Island, wrote in 2020, the lead vessel for every one of the Navy's last eight combat ships came in at least 10% over budget, leading to more than $8 billion. An additional cost. Whatever, just print more money. Yeah, that'll. Be <laughs> oh, we can't just skip over that uh, word there. <laughs> Boondoggle, a work or That's activity that word. is wasteful or pointless, but gives the appearance of having value. The U.S. government. Call, maybe we should change this podcast <laughs> to the Boondoggle podcast. Ooh. Boondoggle. Every live call show would just be called the boondoggle. 
scrolling back down to the bottom. God, maybe my system is fucked up. Maybe my just my list is too big. Uh, so I, b- b- before I had said something, man, you guys are quick. I was talking. We were talking about all the people who um, went at Greg Glassman and who were like, "I'm out" and all that stuff. And I said it was kind of cool that Matt Fraser didn't say anything, but someone, of course, had to dig and send me this link. And <laughs> uh, clearly wrong. Damn. I I know. People I know. that watch this podcast are just vicious. I know. And uh, one of you was kind enough to send me uh, this post that Fraser did make. So I guess I guess everyone just. This one's actually really brutal uh, be, because it's, 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 it's really a direct attack, not only on Greg, but th- the whole entire affiliate community, which is kind of weird. Um, do you see it? It's number two, 288, Caleb. He just, re- he just, this is it just right here. He just reposted what affiliate, what uh, Jason Kalipa said. And he says, change comes from action. Thank you, Jason. So he just piggybacked off of Jason saying, we will no longer be a CrossFit affiliate. I just wanted to like I'm not taking a shot at Matt or anything, but I just wanted to stand corrected. Like he he did like okay, like fuck. I guess everyone was jumping on the bandwagon. Look at that um, first comment there. <laughs> uh uh social justice is the new religion for a Marxist movement that wants to destroy this country. Putting support behind this is unpatriotic, spits in the face of men and women who have lived and died for the freedom we take for granted. Yeah, of course. Uh, let me read you this. Nice. Let me read you let me read you this that someone sent me. Um, maybe you guys can guess who this is, who sent me this. <clears throat> and by the way, that may have come from pressure from sponsors to Matt. And he was like, right. well, what's the minimum we could do? Oh, Kalipa said this. That's pretty like yes, decent. Let's just repost that rather than even having it come from his own words because he, maybe he just didn't even believe in it. So that's why he said, hey, thanks to these guys because it shows us that there's alternatives. Yes. But either way, it, uh, a corporation I, I was working with pressured me for a response, and they're not even in the fucking fitness industry at all. It's not even close. I had no idea if they even knew any of it was happening. I drank, I drank like eight shots of, I, of espresso once in a row, just in a cup. It was, I did not feel good. Sorry, I'm late, uh, Caleb Beaver. Try this four ounce of toddy cold brew, six shots of espresso, a little half and half topped with whipped cream, twenty ounces, a uh, twenty ounce cu- cup. It's called the gla- the glass blower cup of death, liquid crack rocket fuel. When you, for those of you who are women who don't know, well, I mean, I don't know what you guys know, but when you drink that much coffee, it changes the. I don't know what the word is. Genetic makeup. Penis. <laughs> it's not good for your penis to drink that much coffee. Is that fact? Are you just, you just no? I'm, that's it fact. There. Like something's different. Like that's like when next time you go to the bathroom, like something's a little off here. Shrinkage. I don't know what it is, but you can over caffeinate yourself, and your penis isn't right. Like either the pee or the yeah, feel of it, or it's just, it's just yeah, it's just not. It's, the main. Uh. uh <laughs> Jonathan, the pH level. Yeah, yeah, maybe it changes the pH level of your penis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the viscosity. Yeah, something. <laughs> the temperature. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, oh, and if you want, it sounds like Bruce Wayne. That's all he drinks on Sunday. So, if you want an example of what that penis looks or feels like, uh, Bruce Wayne is an expert. Oh, it didn't happen. It doesn't. I don't know if it bothers me either, but I'm just telling you. It anyway. 
Uh, mainstream media and academia have been incessant with the message that racism is why blacks live the way they do. As black culture devolves to accept and embrace that view, the animus towards whites becomes self-evident. It's, it is at that point where whites will have the rational reason to not like blacks, and none of that has any origins or endpoints in racism. It's all Marxist race baiting to damage our way of life, our culture, our economy. Blacks will suffer the most. The black community is a victim and dupes of white Marxists. What was that from? Where'd you read that from? I can't tell you. Oh. Oh, you, this, is, this was the text message. Yeah, someone sent I me that. And I'm like, artist. yeah, I would change maybe some words around. But it, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that, that's, that's the fucking tragedy. All, all the good guys are basically just enforcing the status quo. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. They call themselves progressives. They're the farthest. They're just building a cage on top of the cage that already exists. They're just layering, putting layers to it. Uh, 287, this can't be real. Okay, we made a course correction. Fraser did say, say a statement. 287. <laughs> How are you on time, uh, Mr. Beaver? I'm good. Oh, okay. Oh, this is crazy. This is fucking nuts. I love this guy's analysis at the end. Okay, here we go. Fresh and fit podcast. Instagram or a long-term boyfriend? Pick Okay, <laughs> let's see. Instagram. Okay. What? <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Instagram. Okay. Oh, GDM's getting red pilled right now. Okay. What about you? Probably Instagram. Okay. <laughs> I probably already knew, but Instagram. <laughs> I would say Instagram. I haven't met or found a man yet that can give me what Instagram I think. Whoa. Yeah, this is why this show is necessary. Do you see how all these girls are in a relationship with Instagram instead of a real man? They're addicted to attention instead of love. Instagram or a long-term boyfriend? That's funny. Every single woman that I've known who marries a beta male. And I, and I try not to use that word on this show, the alpha and beta shit, but I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you what a beta male is. It's the male that is really, really nice and caring nonstop as part of the courtship process. They set a level and, and they don't make decisions. So they, they're always asking their wives, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you, they don't make decisions. And, and, and it's really nice to be around. The long-term play after two years of that, the women fucking hate it. A hundred percent. Everyone needs toxic masculinity in their life. Wait, why think us, it be toxic? I know, I'm just fucking around. Okay. Thank you. Like, even even toxic. even us men want it. Us men want to be around that masculinity. We, no one wants to be around indecisiveness, masquerading as kindness. Especially we want it. Strong men want strong leaders. We want to be can, told. Go ahead. Caleb. I can. I. It's like a physical reaction when I'm around somebody who will take, will make decisions, will stand by their decisions, and it. It's always so interesting to me, like how much energy I receive from them just by their presence in the room with me and like just having conversations with that person makes me feel like 
I can like we're we're on the same wavelength and we're also like just like siphoning strength off of each other and energy to like complete things. Like I if I know somebody who's like a high level whatever and they are strong in their beliefs and they're able to make decisions and they're always like correct in their decisions that that person and I will like work in congruence until the job is completed. And like, I could not, I will not sleep until it's done. Like you can feel because, that. Yes, yes, yes. It, yeah. It's a, it's a partnership. It, it's a partnership, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, an, it's not an equal partnership. It's not an equal partnership by that. I mean, it fits together like like it fits together. Um, there's some parts where the, they're this long and you're only this long, and then there's some parts where you're this long and they're only this long. There's different tasks. Yeah, I am a fucking amazing fucking human being. I choose my alphas to be around, and I'm an amazing subordinate, and I'm so proud of that when I'm around a strong person. And I don't make I don't think that makes me any less. I'm You're just fucking, fitting into the puzzle. I, I'm the greatest tool an alpha can have. I would yeah. say that makes it makes you more secure. Yeah, I'm the greatest fucking uh, an alpha is lucky to fucking cross paths with me. Yeah, because because of my value that I add to them. Well, a good leader also knows that when to be a good follower. Sure. And if you're not, if you don't know how to be a good, if you're a good leader and you're a good follower, then you could, then you could add value to any situation. If you're somebody that has to lead because your ego says you need to leave, lead and say, I'm going to be in charge because I have to be the one that everybody looks at. That's not probably the best scenario for all of us here. That's the best scenario for me and my ego. Right. So a true, a true leader will set that aside to make sure to get, to get the task completed or for the betterment of the team. Because they know it's not the time for them to lead right now. It's the time for them to be a good subordinate, as you said. Yeah. And so being able to toggle back and forth between those two and have the field awareness to know where your position is, know your role and play it well, right? Uh, Je yeah, Jeff, I think this is a, – it's a give and take. Here's the thing I think. That's right. I, I think that a control freak is not an alpha, and I think that's where the no. two get conflated sometimes. They're usually the most scared and insecure because they got to control everything around them. Otherwise – yeah, the, the alphas are just like the lion doesn't care about the kids. The 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 the, the, the alpha's focused on the task at hand. He's not worried about like the the cubs playing in the field or the or the the female lions doing their shit over here. He has one task, and that's what he's not trying to control everything. That's what I mean. Like it's not they're not the boss. They're just certain of what they need to do. Yeah. And uh, and and if you want to get on board and, and and do stuff at a fucking high level, that's who you want to fucking roll with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's um but 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 unfortunately uh women will be duped in by society and men will be duped by society to be to to appease people because that that can get you what you want short term, but it will not be a fucking healthy relationship. Another thing that I keep seeing over and over and I think we all have friends like this, if you don't know how to fight with your girlfriend, then definitely don't marry her. You have to be able to fight. You have to be able to fight and there has to be if, if you can't fight with your mate, then uh, there's going to be shit that you're not going to be able to get through. What do you mean you have to be able to fight? Like you have to be able to would, communicate your way through issues. Y yeah, c c right. But um, fight, have your feelings hurt, and come back, and not and not and and by fight I mean like when my kids fight, they know how to fight each other. They don't they don't serve each other death blows. Right. Like 
you don't throat punch someone. You know what right. I mean? You don't right. kick Imagine. someone as hard as you can. Like, yeah. I, you, but if you're feeling something and someone needs to be told to shut the fuck up and you can't tell someone that, then you're fucked. If, you're, if your mate doesn't know how to like handle that, but also you don't be like, I fucking hate your mom and I hope she never comes to the house again. You, that may have been the death blow. Yeah, that's that's not. You cool. might have trouble backing out of that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you may like, not. Yeah, you yeah. not be able to. Uh, so uh, you have to, um, but but you do have to be able to, 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 the man and the woman have to be able to, to tango. And um, I, I think a, a, a lot of, Men and women, I think that's the downfall of their relationships. They don't, they don't know how to tussle. It, it's kind of like this, and you could just make rules for yourself too. Like, never get in a fight that's so bad that you can't kiss your wife goodnight. Don't get in a fight that's so bad that you go sleep in the other room, even if you want to. Don't ever like. I don't. I don't know if those are the right rules, by the way. But I'm just saying, like, set a boundary to yourself where you're not like, um. At, at that point, like when you're sleeping on the floor, it's like then it's become your ego. You're like, fuck you. I ain't sleeping. By. It's like, ah. <laughs> my wife and I will be married 28 years this year. And it's because we recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses and we share jobs accordingly in our life. Yeah. That's fuck, 28 years is dope. Yeah. That's incredible. And for all you uh, young cats out there that are starting to date, if you want a, um, a long term look into the future, a hack, if you will, just watch the way the person who you're courting, watch the way their family interacts with each other as you start to get involved, because the way that that family communicates and that dynamic is something not only that you're going to have and live with for long-term, but that's the same way your spouse is going to communicate. And it's the same dynamic that eventually she will bring out as well. Give me an example. You mean like if the mom, I got a great example. So like I have my mom's close friend, she's actually been good. They've been good friends since middle school. Right. What are you laughing at Caleb? Do you know the story or you think, do you think no, no I just, uh, I just, I know the in-laws, man. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and Susan's getting a good taste of this, I'm sure. <laughs> well, out of context for that, but my mom's good friend, uh, they've been friends since literally middle school uh, with each other. Her side of the family, if you were just a fly on the wall, you walked into that house and you didn't, and you didn't know any of them, you would swear that they hate each other. I mean, they would get, you fucking Bitch, I hope you fucking die. Go back into your room and blah, 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 blah. Or the husband will take off on his motorcycle. Oh, I hope he fucking crashes. Like, it, it's just like way over the top. But the family is incredibly close. And there's just an immense amount of love inside that family. But if you were just to listen what to the them. What the fuck did you talk, just explain to me? I, what, was that some sort of magic you just cast on me? She tells like him, listen to me. If my wife told me, I hope you crash on your motorcycle, I wouldn't fucking get on my motorcycle. That would <laughs> fuck me. Yeah, so I I could never handle that. Yeah, and they call you. I could. I would go in the backyard and start crying. I would get in the fucking fetal position. <laughs> I could never handle that. It's nuts. They go. They go like way over the top, and then a little bit later, everybody's like calm, and it's like good. Or they'll be like, "Oh, I'm just. I was just fucking. I was just saying that." Blah blah blah. And you're kind of like, "Holy shit, that was intense." So anyhow, when the daughter, she has two daughters, and they're you know one of them's older than me, one of them's the same age. And that's the same interaction that she's going to have with her boyfriends at some point. As they get comfortable in the relationship yeah, long-term, yeah. you're going to see that dynamic yeah. come out. And so if he is like how you are with that and she says something, you know, wait, fuck you, I hate you. I don't want to see your face again. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was a death blow. But to her, she's like, oh, whatever. You know, I don't mean that. I'm just, just spouting off. And he's like, okay. So it's kind of funny because I've been around them my whole entire life. 
So you would just hear it say stuff that you're like, you say that? Do they, do they throw stuff at each other? Nothing physical. No. That's how it, that's how it's been getting here lately. Like if you if you're just a fly on the wall in our in our offices, everybody sounds like they just want to fucking kill each other. <laughs> it's wow. Bad. No, they're like, but like uh, everything gets done. We all appreciate each other. We everybody lets everybody do what they want. But within the waking hours, it's like mass chaos. Has anyone been? Aren't you afraid someone's going to report you if you're like, hey, eat a bag of dicks? <laughs> oh, dude, that's not even that's not even close to how bad it's been. That's but, mild. Yeah. Wow, that's that's, mild. that's so mild. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hey, been, do you make up with them? Oh, it, we're just all, it, we're just always on that level. So, like, as soon as that conversation stops and like there's a lull, it's like, what do you want to watch? Yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. Hey, you, you want to go get lunch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That's, that's exactly Dude, what I You fucked this up yeah. again for the hundredth time. When are you going to fucking learn? By the way, where are we going for lunch? Exactly. Answer the wow. fucking phone at the front desk. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah. And then you also get, they get this weird tribalism, right? So, like, they'll, they'll, yell at each other and go like that and then if Savon were to come into the room and be like yeah your your sister is a bitch everybody like a record would scratch and everybody I'm sorry what like <laughs> yeah yeah yes dude what did you just say about her and it would be like yes. oh now it's gone too serious but yeah it's kind of funny so anyhow it's like I can shit on you but if anybody else comes in here and shits on you they're we're dead. Gonna, yeah we're gonna have a problem <laughs> yeah yeah, yes. yeah yeah none of those women in that video that we just saw God, I don't know how I want to word this. Just be careful who you choose. Don't be duped by people's looks, man. Oh, you're talking about yeah. from the Fresh and Fit podcast? Have you watched yeah. that at length at, at all? No, I didn't even know what it was. I just saw yeah. that, and I was just like, God, this is... This is... Uh, It's so easy to pick a mate if you just drop shit. Like so many people know what they want. Just know what you don't want. Uh, I, I don't know how to say it. I don't I don't know how to say it because it, everything I'm saying, I'm like, I could think of counter arguments. But basically, that was like you, you, you basically want an earthy girl. You want a girl like who like pick something that's like not far off the ground. Like find a girl in Oklahoma who grew up on a fucking farm. Like, and then, and then work with her from there, build her from there. Like the, the higher you grab something, the more fucked up it's going to be. You, you want something that's just dirt and then you could fucking turn it into diamonds. You guys can grow into diamonds together. Don't think that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, someone gets it. Well, yeah. be very careful. Like you're gonna pick this. Fu- you're gonna climb the tree and pick the fucking ripest apple up there. And let me tell you, it's not gonna be. Not gonna be good. You want to? Uh, uh, this is uh, Craig Ritchie's sister. Hi, how are you? I apologize for anything I've said or done. Oh shit! Uh, hi. hi. A female perspective uh, on the topic that we're on right now. So one of the things that I are you, think are you are you Craig awesome. Ritchie's sister by the way? I'm not. No, oh, no okay. relation. All right. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Sorry, Action. It's all. It's okay. the floor is yours. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. 
So um, one of the things that I think is very underrated in society today, especially in American culture, is this idea um, that young men know where they're going. Um, as a woman, I think we just want to know we are safe. And so if we know through the process of courtship that where our man is going, we can hop on that train, you know, where the ride or die. And so I think that if what do you young mean, what men do you mean stop, safe, what do you mean safe? We want to know uh, where our future lies, you know, uh, uh, the There's basic stuff. Are we protected? Are we provided for? You know, are our kids going to be safe and be raised, you know, to be better humans than our spouse and, you know, ourselves or whatever? What we about those women who are attracted to those guys who are always fighting and shit then, though? Like, I see women being attracted to guys who I'm like, that guy's problem safe. No, oh. they're, they're going to be oh. safe. He's going to protect it then. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's the attention too, right? If you're constantly fighting, your energies are always pitted towards each other. Right. And yeah. and I think Caleb also said that too. Your your if you have a dad who is like your radar might be fucked up of what's not you personally, but your radar might be fucked sure. up based on what you think safe is, based is on who your dad is. And it really is a, a man with a woman who believes in him is a fucking powerful man. Holy yes, shit. yes, and that's what women want. Women want to be able to be behind their men. Right. Good women do, you know. Right. Women who are just out for attention will fight for against you, and it'll be all the funny memes and shit about, you know, how your wife is annoying. But like, good women want to be with men that they can, you know, respect and that they know make them safe. And so, I think, you know, rather than running around being afraid that you haven't dated a bunch of people, how about you focus on yourself, you know, and. There are good women out there who are doing the same thing and just want to be able to look over and know that they can come alongside somebody going in the same direction. Um, what do you, well, let me ask you this. I, say that again, Caleb. <laughs> so that's how I got my wife. I told her I had a plan. Yeah, Caleb. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what my wife uh, saw in me. But uh, but I think I know what she sees in me now. But what's interesting about that is the the there's things that like like if, if someone were to just to say to me uh, going back to the motorcycle thing, if someone were to say to me, "Hey, I hope you die in your motorcycle today," it wouldn't affect me at all. But if my wife said it, um, it would it would hugely affect me because I almost right. feel personal accountability for everything she thinks and does too, which brings me to this yeah. next thought. There's this other thing that I think that in a good relationship you have to do as a man is there's always this huge precedence of men needing to be good listeners and, and all this stuff for their wives. But there's also a huge piece where you have to learn even at the cost of hurting your wife a little bit to ignore the, the stuff she says that would, that you know she shouldn't be feeding like thoughts she might mm -hmm. have and you shouldn't feed mm -hmm. them. I'm not right. saying you'd be a dick to her and be like, Hey, that's a stupid thought. Get rid of it. But, but um, there is a, a massive nurturing piece in, in women where you, you, you don't want to uh, um, nurture every one of their fears. Right. And women are thinking about everything. Yeah. You know, women everything. are, have yeah. that. Yeah. And all at once. Whereas guys are able to kind of focus on A, B, C in their own time. Women are thinking about everything, which is why I think that they get a rap for not being able to make a decision. It's just that we are constantly overloaded with all the possibilities and we just want to make the right one. And so guys have the unique ability to look into a situation and be like, nope, nope, yes, and go with that. 
And I think that that is, that's your alpha right there. You know, if you want to start building alphas, learn how to make a decision, you know, not a stupid one, obviously you want to be able to, you know, look at a a set of facts and circumstances and be able to, you know, make a wise decision from there. But like, that's what women are looking for. My, my, um, whenever we go on a trip, I always set the time we leave always. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get up at six. Maybe you don't have to get up till seven. I'll have the car loaded and then we'll get going. And then when I jump in the fucking car, my wife says, did you pack their shoes? And I'm like, Oh fuck, sorry. Hold on. And I run out and fucking (laughs) get their shoes. And it's like, they're both very important roles. Right. But, but I take, I'm not being bossy. I'm taking that off her plate. I'm taking that off her plate. So she doesn't have to shoot. Okay. Fine. And then she can think of the details, like the shoes, right? Yeah, she doesn't exactly. have to think of, oh, what time are we leaving? What time do I need to have the boys up and days or whatever? I'm she's worried about gas say, in the okay. car, and she's like, did you bring them yeah. food? I'm like, what for? <laughs> you know? <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Like, what? So what it's very helpful. Yeah. She's like, it's a yeah. seven-hour ride. I'm like, yeah, we just wait yes. when we get there. She's like, no. <laughs> we went on a trip, and we forgot so to I'm bring it. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Look at Jeremy yeah. Eight World caller. Are you single? Jesus, <laughs> pervert! <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it's a it's a shame that it has to become uh, contentious too, or like be tossed into yeah. like the sexist category. Or right, we all have such fantastic roles that we that that that, that are inherent in us that we can embrace and make us so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want the role of you know, my potential husband, I don't want that role. And I don't want him to want my role. I want both of us to be able to, you know, do what we do, um, and do what we were naturally kind of hardwired to do. Um, that way, you know, I think that makes a strong family that makes a stronger world. And unfortunately, we're all so busy, uh, worried about other people's jobs that we aren't even good at art. <laughs> we aren't even good at what we're supposed to be good at, you know, and I think that's a tragedy. And I think that's why what makes the dating world so damn hard is nobody's just willing to say, yep, this is my job and I'm embracing it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for calling. Yeah, guys. Love the show. Keep Th- up the great work. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey. Are, hello? Hello? Are, 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 you, are you Jewish? I'm not Jewish. No. Nope. Are, are you black? <laughs> nope. Are you lesbian? <laughs> nope. All right. All right. <laughs> any other questions <laughs> i don't know i just i just like it when i like get some like minority cred <laughs> well i, I mean I, I can't say that <laughs> you're what say it again you're what you're a midget i said i i am a female so if you okay, count fine. that as yeah, a okay I, I'll, take yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take it i'll take it perfect take what i can get all right okay, thanks guys. Uh, Thank you. so uh jay hartle your first issue is having them wear shoes yeah the thing is is yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this They're so sick right now that when we go out, I've been putting shoes and socks on them because I don't want them losing body heat through the bottom of their feet. So that that's, but, but I appreciate, I've been putting hats on them. They're fucking bummed hats and shoes and socks. And, well, excuse me. Okay. Uh, this one kind of looks interesting. 285 bleeding performances. I don't know what that is. Oh, this is oh, this is uh, a guy talking about women's menstrual cycles. Okay, here we go. This person asks a really good question about whether or not it's possible to be a CrossFit Games athlete or train like one and still have an active menstrual cycle. Having worked with over 40 CrossFit Games female athletes, I can tell you that the answer is a definitive yes. 
In fact, I would argue that if your goal is to become as fit as possible, one of the things you should focus on the most is making sure that you do maintain that female menstrual cycle. Here's why. The lack of a menstrual cycle in a female athlete is thought to be due to something called low energy availability, which is essentially a measurement of the amount of energy you're putting out through exercise compared to the amount of energy you're bringing in through your diet. Without enough energy coming in, the body is forced to prioritize where it spends the calories that you do give it. Things like a functioning brain and a pumping heart are really non-negotiable, but your female menstrual cycle, that's totally dispensable. At first, you might be thinking, who needs that thing anyways? I'm not trying to have kids right now, but there are a couple of major reasons that you really should care. The first reason is that when your menstrual cycle disappears, there are a couple of other functions that you probably do care about that disappear with it. Things like muscle repair and bone remodeling are greatly reduced, leading to less gains in the gym and a greater chance of injury. The other major reason is that estrogen plummets in the absence of a menstrual cycle. And while estrogen is of course known to do a number of sex-related functions, it actually has a pretty substantial role as an anabolic hormone, meaning that it helps you grow lean muscle mass as well. So yeah, eat to support your hormones. You'll be happier and healthier for it, but you'll also be a fitter version of yourself as well. This person asked. If you're not having your menstrual cycle, it might be because you're not eating enough. I don't know. We could still talk about that. <laughs> we can't. That's why we had him do it. Oh, right. We're so scared. I'm so scared. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's, 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 uh, uh, where is Katrin with him? Uh, she hates him. She fucking hates him. Uh, why does he keep saying female menstrual cycle? Is there a ma- oh, great fucking great question? It's called the refractory period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have not had, I personally uh, have not had a menstrual cycle or seen any signs um, of my ability to have a menstrual cycle. Oh, 278. Let's look at this, Caleb. Caleb, hook up that electrode to the tip of your penis. Look at this, 278. Here it is. Oh, God. Now, this isn't the original video. Someone sto- Someone clipped this video. I wish I had the original video so you could see. The, the, the boob phenomenon. But look at it was th- this entire video of this girl when she does this video is awesome. Unfortunately, this video gets ruined because these guys. But basically, if you hit play on it. And then it's a video and then these guys fuck the whole thing. It's kind of hot, actually. They even wear crop tops. Oh, that's good. Yep. Sensing some activity. It's crazy. <laughs> I appreciate you keep rewinding. Anyway, there that was the, that that original video that I saw is, of that girl doing that is kind of what sparked the whole idea. I was watching my brain and my brain couldn't like as soon as like she pulled the shirt down the balloons were gone. They never existed. I was just like, "Oh, I see how that works." <laughs> I don't I don't I I do you guys think that I don't think anyone even cares in the big picture, people are so addicted to, to, I don't know if addicted is the right word. They're so social media is such a big part of their life that they don't even care that Twitter was hiding the files. Like no one even really cares. Like everyone, like you, we've had, we, Susa and Caleb and I, we've had people on the show who have huge followings on TikTok, huge followings on Instagram. And they always tell us, well, you just have to learn to navigate it. And that's their way of saying, Hey, they don't say what they want to say. They're owned by those people. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've had people who won't who used to come on the show who won't come on the show anymore because they're scared that's going to cause them to lose their TikTok following. 
<laughs> hey, they're gonna you're gonna lose that TikTok. If you if you're attached to your TikTok following, I'm gonna let you know right now. Get it in while you can, because I bet you within the next year and a half, especially in the 2024 election, banning TikTok from our country is going to be a main topic. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. You think it's coming? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. It's yeah. coming. You, yeah. We won't go down that rabbit hole. It's coming. We, hey, let's let's do talk about that on one I just, show. I just, I just yeah, because I've been kind of watching some of that, too. Happened. You and I haven't talked about that yet, but yeah. Yeah. We it's coming, huh? It. Yeah. It's, it's some be scary gone. shit. It's some scary shit. Hold on. I've, I've been holding on to my 5.6 mil on TikTok. I'm actually, my dances <laughs> have just taken off and uh, I'm just enjoying it while I can until the app disappears. Uh, two, 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 did we, so we, oh, uh, I guess I, those are the bouncy boobs. What number was that? 278. Oh, 282. Here's another phenomenon uh, watching girls eating hot dogs. This girl was a guest <laughs> on the show. She was a great guest. But, 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 Look at this video, 282, just to visit her again. I forget her name. Do you guys remember her Leah name? Leah Leah? Leah yeah. yeah, Leah. Yeah. Yeah, she was cool. This is, I, this is the one thing I've probably watched this like numerous times. Guy, where, where does hot dog go? Oh, he threw it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if, if some of the games athletes would start doing that, that would that would be uh, oh, it, would, it, it would be right up their alley. The little flick of like saliva, it was so that really did it. Oh. <laughs> go great. to her home. Go to her page, like her page. She 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 she's like a world record holder. She was on uh, twenty seven Guinness Book of World's Records. And there's some um, there's some shots in there too of I don't I don't really like the candy eating stuff. I think it's just ice cream. Is it? Yeah, it's like a popsicle. God, the the eating world is so fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, guys like that. Yeah, Allison. It's guys. Um, things that are shaped like a penis when a girl puts them into her mouth all the way. It it does. I, I cannot. She said. Lie. When she was on our show, she said that those aren't even her most watched videos. No, she said they are, I think. Yeah, and her whole deal oh, was like, does she keep making them or not? Yeah. Like, that was like the struggle of yeah. her following. Uh, um, and clearly, she's leaned into it since we've had her on the show. Yeah, she's fully leaned in. <laughs> I, I don't know if liked it is the right word. Maybe you should use love it. But... um. Yeah, the the, the the idea of eating, but look at her body. Click on her body. Look how crazy her body is. So if you guys haven't seen that podcast, it's crazy what she has to do to keep that body and eat the shit she eats. Maybe we should have her on again. I, I, I really enjoyed her. Yeah, she was cool. She was really cool. It'd be cool just to know where <laughs> she's at, like uh, advancement as far as like how she creates her content and stuff now. Cause remember when we talked to her before and she was like, Oh, I get a call from this restaurant and they want to do a sponsorship deal. And I come out and eat their main thing. And we're like, okay. And you're like, so what do you got? You got you and a couple people and you come and she's like, no, it's just me. And you were like, wait, you show up and you set up all the lighting and you set up all the cameras and then you film it and go back home and edit it. She's like, yeah. You remember when we had that conversation? And we were I remember to, when I asked her if she was Jewish. Oh, yeah, she had a boyfriend that helped her, but she kicked him to the curb. Yeah, that's right. 
And when I mentioned she was Jewish, it made her uncomfortable. And then I leaned into it with her and she embraced it a little bit. Do you remember all that? Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. That was a good show. So I wonder where she's at now. Just like follow up. No, but she, she wants, she wants some Armenian in her. That's for sure. <laughs> I kind of fucked that joke up. <laughs> no, you had it. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> yeah. that was the spirit it, of it. Uh, do you have any Armenian in you? No. Do you want some? Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want God. a little? Fuck. That's bad. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like sophomore year high school. Just like a, right about where I sit intellectually. And just as a heads up in a minute or two, I got to take off and get ready. Fine. To fuck it. Spiegel, give it to us. 1999. Speak Where's up. my money? Yeah, bring that money. Uh, guys, thank you. Let me see. Uh, you know, I'm talking to a group of kids uh, here soon. Yeah. Friday. They're gonna let you talk to kids. They are. It's crazy. We needed that. We need your um I gotta make sure maybe I'll just uh talk to oh. Haley about it and we'll get the big like do not cuss sign on the uh, computer. <laughs> uh Bobby <laughs> wants Dale. to know my wife just texted me is if, if Andrew Hiller if, if Sylvester Stallone is stronger than Andrew Hiller. Yes. Not anymore. Yeah. Oh not anymore. <laughs> Tell him not anymore. And Joseph wants to know if he's stronger than Hunter. Wow. Mm. Yes, he is. We he just is. watched him split power clean 345, drop it, and then hit a squat clean at 345 immediately afterwards for a PR double. Yeah. So you think he, he probably benches Hunter more than that. Hunter, better weighted pull up. Uh, there might be some modalities where we'll, we'll get him in, but that explosive power from like. But I just a, mean like the strength shit. Yeah, snatch our power clean, snatch power clean. What about arm wrestling? Who do you think up? wins in Hunter and Hiller and arm wrestling? Ooh, I'm not familiar with like Hunter's technique on that because as you were talking about, it's all about like Hunter. the thing with the wrist. Hunter's so, coming back Hunter knows soon. weird shit. Hunter is coming back soon. We gotta coax him in here. Oh shit, we have Dale King tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, that'll be a great yeah. So jealous you got that sweatshirt. Hey, so I reached out to that affiliate. I know Dale and um and I reached out to that affiliate. I'm like, you want to come on my show? And he goes, you know, this is Dale, right? I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> yes. You know, this is Dale. <laughs> I, I thought about it, Bruce. I actually thought about it. I, I've actually, I don't even know if I've ever done an over the line burpee, but I was actually thinking it's not 30 seconds, is it? It's a minute, right? Yeah. Or I, think the bur- I think it was 90 seconds for the burpees and 30 for the muscle ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I remember seeing 90. 90, I thought it was 90 was for the pull-ups. That's what Hiller did. Well, that, uh, I saw 60 that 60 was the burpee and 30 was the muscle-up. Yes, so correct. Hiller had 90 seconds to perform as many pull-ups as he can, but he, instead he just went from one unbroken set, or was it only one unbroken set? That was he one unbroken two, set. He, no, Hiller, Hiller got down and got back up. No, he did. No, he readjusted. He shook his hand out, and he was still on the rig the whole time. And yeah, he, it was an unbroken set, but it just it ended at ninety seconds. It ended at ninety seconds, but he just did yeah. an unbroken set. He so he still had time on the clock. Correct. He still could have kept going. Okay. That's no, no. Uh, when when Hiller no, no, did he, it, when Hiller did it, he did his seventy sixth pull up <laughs> at ninety seconds. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. But he came off the bar and took a rest. And went back up. No, he like he like stopped for a second and then like went into like a kipping pull up oh, instead okay. of a butterfly because yeah. he was losing his grip. This so is that. my coffee pods and wads cup, coffee cup. Oh, I got one too. 
and although it's 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 oh, smaller, so did I. It's oh, smaller than my paper. <laughs> Susan didn't get one. I ordered uh, it. I ordered it from him. And um, it is really a nice. It's it, it uh it's a really nice cup. It's a little less coffee than the paper street cut one I have, but it's I I brought it on this trip. It's nice. It's a nice. It has cup. it has a headphones a weight. What the fuck is that other thing on there? It's the espresso thing. Espresso. Oh, it's like the espresso. Uh, the what you put all your grounds in. Yeah, I keep me- meaning to say thank you. Mm. Cheers, thank you. Taylor. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow morning for our affiliate series yeah. show. Man, the, these live calling shows have spoiled me. This is so fun. Yeah, they're a good time. Uh, be mindful today. Don't eat sugar, and um, uh. Try to do something that uh, normally you would have uh, taken the less compassionate route and just create space. You don't even have to do anything. You can just let it pass. Love you guys. Bye-bye.